everybody, it's Will. I'm back with another episode of Creators Outlet right here on the Outright Geekery Network. And we're joined today by our special guest, Will Kelligan. Hey, how we doing? Good to be here. How you doing, brother? I'm blessed, man. How about yourself? Thanks for having me. I appreciate you having me on the show. I'm coffee. Yeah. And I I can see a whole... Well, I I need the water to make the coffee, so... (laughs) See, we're not too far apart. There you go. I, I see a good, uh, I see a whole bunch of cool collectibles behind you. Yeah, we're in my studio. This is my this is my refuge, my messy uh the man cave. Well except it ain't got nothing man in it. It's all it's all toys. I'm a boy, I'm a little boy, you know. <laughs> You know, you, you, that's what you end up doing is, is growing up and then getting all the toys you wanted when you were a kid. And, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, or, or you go or you go back and buy all the toys you had that, you know, your, had, your parents or your grandparents, you know, got rid of in a yard sale where you were gone at school or, you know, in the service or whatever. Yeah, it just never goes away. It's like, dude, I got toys sitting in my floor, but I haven't even. <laughs> I mean, if you can see my floor, it's crazy. And my wife, it drives her crazy because she's a neat freak and she, she hates going towards my office because <laughs> it's an artist thing. I don't know what it is, but like I, I kind of live in chaos. You know, it looks like it looks like stuff is everywhere, but I know exactly where everything is. So if you moved it and I tried to find it after you moved it, I wouldn't know where it's at. Like if you tried to put it in or if you tried to organize it, and actually did a good job organizing. I'd still lose it. I'd be like, "Well, I had it where I wanted it." So, uh, yeah. I mean, it's a mess. I, I real, I do. I will say, I do need to clean it up some. But I'm running out of room, man. It's like I get all these. I buy a bunch of Kickstarter indie books because <clears throat> I try to support indie guys, <coughs> and I have a ton of art books. And I'm just running out of place and toys, of course. And I'm just, I'm running out of space, man. It's like, what do you do? Like, what do you, what do you do with the stuff? It's like, I, I don't know. I'm going to have to, and I hate rotating stuff in and out because, you know, once you rotate it out, you'll be sitting there going, man, I wish I had that toy sitting over there. Why did I move that out? Why did I pack it up? Now I got to go all the way back out to the shed <coughs> and get it out, bring it out here. And I don't know. Maybe it's just me being lazy too. Well, I'm I'm like Jones, and I'm like, oh man, I wish they would quit fighting in Washington and send those stimulus checks out. Man, you know they ain't ever. I gotta, Dude, I got, I got a, I got a, I got a, I got a, I got a toy. I'm a, I'm a huge Planet of the Apes fan. Yeah. And I never had, I had a lot of the Migos and the play sets and and various other action figures from, you know. The 70s, early 80s stuff, but uh, I never had any of the Mego Planet of the Apes figures or play sets. And I was I one always, of them. But, but my friend down the street, his little brother had them. Wow. So See, get, I always you know, wanted the plastic Mego uh, Batcave. You remember it? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, when wanted, I was a kid, that's what I wanted. And you just never could find it where we lived. And my mom even went searching for it. And she just never could find it. Like it was just, and of course back then you couldn't order anything 
there was no interweb. There, there was no, there wasn't even a thought of the interweb back then. So, uh, and it, it, you know, now they sell it though. You can buy it, but man, it's like a hundred and I want to say it's like 125 bucks and it's nothing but cardboard. Yeah. Cardboard, cardboard. It, cardboard and plastic. Yeah. It's like, dude, this thing is not worth $125. I mean, I want it, but it's not worth $125. It's like, come on, man. You know, you're playing on, you're playing on us old folks that you know now have money, and this is what we want. It's like you said, you wanted the Planet of the Apes thing. Mm -hmm. They're going to jack the price up because they know you have that nostalgia love for it. And because remember the Star Trek playset? The one I've, got, the, I've uh, still got that. I've still got the really? Enterprise. I've got an original Enterprise. Um, I'm missing the, the teleporter. Miss, with, yeah, with, with the uh, transporter in it. Yeah, you um, hit the button and it it stops and man, that mm -hmm. was awesome. That was awesome. That was great toys back then, though, man. I but bought that probably about 25, 30 years ago. I bought that for ninety nine bucks off a guy on eBay. Wow. Uh, came with, I think five five original Mego figures, and the entire bridge was complete. The chairs. The, the center console, Kirk's chair, and but it was missing, I think, one of the little slide things that would hang up to be like the scene on the planet they were, you know, supposed to be going around. You know, I wonder if they ever, they had to remake that thing. Like, it's got to be. I don't, I, I don't think they've remade it yet, but but Migo, Migo's back, and... Because because I got to meet Marty Abrams uh, last November, I was covering the uh, the Rhode Island Comic Con for Outright Geekery, and uh -huh. you know I got to hang out with a bunch of cool people last year. I was hanging out with Neil Adams, Mike Grell, Graham Nolan, Bill McKay, Marty Abrams, Doctor Migo, all talking to all those guys. So I found out last year about them, uh, the the deal that they had put together with CBS. Because they, when they came back, they were like, "Well, we want to stop. We want to bring back some of our old line." And the Star Trek line was basically, you know, the Star Trek and the superheroes were our were the two biggest things they ever did. Well, yeah, so I, mean, started, so I mean, I mean, I don't think the Apes one, but yeah, I don't really remember them having another line like another lineup. I mean, I know the superhero one was like everywhere. Yeah. Uh, they they had uh, they had happy days. Really? Uh, they had they had that they had the old happy days line. They had uh, they had a uh, they had a one shot with uh, Sven Gulli, the uh, the horror guy, the horror host of the you know the bad horror beam right. movies there. Um, and you know a few others, but when they came back, they uh, they had like. They had Star Trek. They had Bewitched. They had uh, Charmed. Every old TV show they were putting figures out for, and I'm like, who's gonna? I, you know, I can see certain ones like the two pack of Bewitched. I can see that, and you know, a couple I of. I bought her some Wizard of Oz ones. Like yeah. they did Wizard of Oz, and we bought, and these were actually pretty new. We got them at Target, not. Six months ago, maybe seven months ago. 
Yeah, when they I mean, first came back, Wizard of Oz fan, and when I oh, saw, yeah. I was like, "You ain't gonna find these everywhere. Like, you might as well get them now, cause you know, uh, because they were pretty expensive too, man. They weren't cheap for like two. It wasn't but two dolls, but I mean, the the, the packaging is about that big. Oh yeah, it's like the the diamond square and the two figures yeah, in the front. It's, it's really like nice. you know, it's a nice little package. It's like thirty uh, bucks. Yeah, I I want to say we paid something like forty five for it, and I was just kind of like, well, I mean, first off, it's Target. Ain't nothing cheap in Target, you know. You gonna no? You gonna pay? It ain't Walmart, that's for sure. So they they liquidated. Well, Walmart now has the uh, has the Migos. Uh, so really? yeah, he's got, um, they're in the collectible section. They're in the collectible aisle. So you have to go over by where the electronics is and oh, usually oh, to the, they have the, uh, yeah, well, it's the, it's what they call the pop aisle, which is supposedly the collectible aisle. And there was pretty much nothing else in the collectible aisle. You'd have some of the, like the high end Mezco's. But they don't make any toys for kids anymore. They're like, well, you know, all these older people, they like collecting this crap. Well, that's let's, it. That's, let's that's just nice jack thing. all the prices up. And I'm like, some of it's ridiculous. But uh, they, were, they were like smaller, like uh, six-inch plastic Planet of the Apes figures. Kind of like almost like the new, like the Black Series Star Wars figures. Huh. They were, they were like they were like they were like that, but they're uh, they were like on they were on blister cards. These came out probably like about five to seven years ago at least. But this this guy he bought a collection he bought a toy collection off a guy and he's selling them all. He's got the entire run the entire collection of Planet of the Apes that this one company did. It's the full run, one of every figure. And he said the the full set's going for like six seven hundred dollars on eBay, wow. and he was looking for five. There's there's going to be like 30, 40 figures in there. You figure you know they're at least you know nowadays they'd be like you know twenty five bucks a pop. Yeah, you I know, don't know why like, action figures have went up so high in price be, because it's a collectible market. So they so the. The uh, the producers of the product know it's a collectible market. So like, oh well, yeah, the price of everything has gone up. I go, no, it hasn't. I go, you send all this stuff out to China. Yeah, ain't none of that stuff cost that to make. You know, it does. It doesn't cost you know twenty five dollars to make a figure. What it is is when Man, they cost you two dollars a figure, I'd be surprised. Maybe three dollars yeah. if you call shipping. You know, I don't know. Well, if you if you count in what they have to pay the artists to do the art for the cards, uh, the full the full packaging, the figure, the accessories, and everything, and you know the the labor it takes to you know on the line to place them together, or if it's like all automated, depending on what it is. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think you know when they make like a big line like that. I don't. I don't think it's cost. You know what's it going to cost them? Like five bucks for the figure. Wow, well, so cost them that. Well, look at Legos. Legos is the biggest ripoff going because Legos, they're fully automated. 
I mean, they don't they don't pay anybody. And I like, mm-hmm. you know, they charge what 60, 70 bucks for for the small sets now. You know, not well, I guess they're not the small sets. I guess they're considered the the medium size sets. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's still it ain't nothing but plastic blocks. I mean, that's all your I mean, I've got a I've got one of the Voltrons back here, the Lego Voltron, and it was something like 250 for it. I didn't pay for it. I, somebody bought it for me because I was like, man, I ain't paying $250 for a freaking, you know, a bunch of blocks. I mean, that's crazy. You know, that's, that's no. Um, $250. I want it lace size and working. Well, now I will say it's a pretty good, it's a, it's a nice size, you know, it's pretty big, but I mean, like I said, it ain't worth, dude, you and I both know it probably costs them $10 to make the whole thing and pay for the Mm -hmm. license. And now of course mine's not even out of the box. I haven't even taken it out of the wrappers or anything like that. So secondary market on it because you can't buy them anymore. Like they're most of them are sold out. So basically you can't just go to, you can't just go to a Lego shop and walk in and buy the Voltron. I mean, you might be able to find it online still, but you give it about three or four more years, you won't be able to find it at all except on eBay. And there ain't no telling how much people will charge for it come in. Well, there's such a big upcharge on eBay because, the, you know, or should I say Feebay? Because, uh, I mean, they they offer that relist thing when you're whenever what? Because I had a bunch of you know various comics that I had up there, and of course the only thing that sell the only comics that sell on eBay are key issues. So if it's not a key issue, don't put it on eBay. Because nobody's gonna buy it. Well, comics don't sell that much nowadays, anyways. Like, if it ain't like when we first got into comics, you know, there were there was a value in like the older issues. But you know, when the '90s hit and they were producing a million copies of every oh, book, yeah. you pretty much you pretty much flooded or saturated the market to where comics was pretty much nothing but paper, you know, and, and now, now I don't even think comics is worth the papers printed on because, you know, these companies are producing stuff. that's just crap to begin with. I don't know who they're selling it to. I hadn't figured that out yet, but me, they they don't look for artists anymore that's going to be breakout artists you know that are going to do something outside of like a house style you know they're looking for guys that are conformity you know that conform to the the movie likeness oh yeah they they want they want everything everything now comics is nothing but an ip to turn into a hollywood property Right. That's all it's turned into. And basically, and I'm going to tell you, yesterday, I mean, I I went through 200 samples, easily 200, 
And out of those 200 samples, there might have been three artists that I actually remembered because everybody else was doing the exact same thing. Like, I mean, it was, it was just all, there was nothing to it. I mean, it was not art. It was just, it was like commercial art. You know, it was like, it was all, there was no life to it. There was no energy. There was nothing. It was just, and that's not good for the art form. Like we're, I'm kind of worried about the art form really, because, you know, we don't have a bunch of new talent like flooding the market like it was back in the 90s. You know, you could go to a convention and there would be tons of people trying to get into comics. You know, I can't even tell you how many portfolios I looked through when I was, you know, back back in the 90s and, and early 2000s. You just don't find it now. Like if you set up at shows, you very seldom get people showed portfolios like you just don't have a whole lot of artists that are looking to and part of it is there's not a whole lot of pay in it anymore even if you're working for marvel or dc dude you're not making a whole lot of money not for the amount of work you're doing you know it's just it's just not there uh no you, you gotta hope that you know you you come in with well minus minus the 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 big two nun nuts there that are just you know rehashing the same thing over and over again um even even like you know the smaller companies everything they're doing is you know either either for the toy line you know and and todd's got the todd father has the toy line for everybody now yeah i mean i think the problem is is people aren't making comics to make comics anymore you know right. I, when I first got into comics, it was because I loved doing comics. You know, people used to ask me, because when I first got into comics, I was, I've always been an independent guy. Like I always, that was just all I ever wanted to do was independent comics, like doing my own characters and doing my own IPs. And I would hear it all the time. I'd be like, where well, are you just using comics to get into movies? And I would always say, I could care less about movies. If I want to make a movie, I could go make a movie. I mean, it's, it's not that hard to make a movie nowadays as it is, you know, you can do just about the same as making a comic. Why waste your time making a comic and just put that money into doing your movie and make it, you understand what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't see how it's a stepping stone anymore. I know a lot of writers and I know a ton of writers that do this. They'll say, well, it's a lot easier for me to sell an IP if I have something in my hand and I can show it to them as I hear this is what it looks like and the producers will look at it and that way they don't have to think about it in their heads. You know, the producers don't actually have to imagine anything. They can, they can actually see what a product is. So there's a lot of those writers who create comics just to do that, which if you're going to do that, that's fine. But why do you need to make a whole comic and why do you need to, the, the flood the market like the comic book market making something you're not really trying to sell as a comic you're just trying to build as a um as a movie property yeah, yeah as a movie product and i i just think it cheapens it cheapens the the medium as a whole you know we don't 
Well, look where it's led us. I mean, look, well, look where we're at now. I mean, I don't have to, <laughs> I don't really have to say much about it. All you have to do is really look at the industry now and see, you know, we lack any kind of, of creativity anymore. I mean, I, I can't even, I could probably count on my hand new products that are even worth even looking at, you know, that I know about. That's not saying there ain't a ton of independent guys, because I will say, dude, I've never seen a time when independent comics has gotten as big as it is now, ever. I mean, when I when I was first doing it, dude, there wasn't but about 10 of us. You understand what I'm saying? Like, there was, you had the dark one. I don't know if you ever remember him. He did a book called Animal Mystic, and this was way, way back in the, in, in the 90s. Uh, late 90s he's passed away now but he was in the late and then you had what it drew hayes that was doing poison elves you had uh oh trent canuga who was doing creed uh, and you had a bunch of smaller little because even back then you know small publishers it was so expensive to print you know you just you couldn't do it. You know, you, you couldn't do a whole lot of independent things. Not like now, you know, you got print on demand. And so if you have an idea, you can put it up on Kickstarter and all you got to raise is six or $700 and you've paid for the print cost. So, you know, it's, it's nothing like it was back in back, back in the, the trench days when you had to really, before the interweb yeah you really <laughs> love what you were doing and 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 low crawl through the trenches and and really love doing independent comics because you know back then we got no love back then i mean dude i mean i was actually with a big studio back then so it wasn't like uh it wasn't like i wasn't known or anything like that but it was still the fact that i was doing independent work you would be you wouldn't you'd be surprised at like how pros would treat you even though you knew the pros you know what i'm saying like it's not like we didn't know each other it was just a fact of i don't know man it was really weird it's it's it just it was just there was there was a there was a level of well you're not really a pro you know you're you're doing you know, you're you don't work, so you're not really. You're not working for Marvel or DC. Yeah. You're just, you're just one of the little people. Yeah, you know, and and trust me, I got treated that way by a lot of people. Like, I mean, a lot. It was, and I'm talking big name guys, and it was just like, you know, I I don't know. It was it was weird. It was a weird time. Because, like I said, the guys I hung out with were pretty big name guys in the industry. And I guess I was kind of the the odd man out, you know. I, and it wasn't that I couldn't work with these other guys, because <coughs> they could have they could have got me in if I'd have asked them to. Like, hey, because you know it's all about who you know. It ain't it ain't got nothing to do with talent. All right, if if. If I if I know somebody who knows an editor and I say, hey man, give this dude a job. He needs he needs a break. Well, the odds are that editor is going to turn right around and, and and give that person a job. So back then it was even worse back then because you didn't have the internet. The only thing you had was word of mouth. 
So if you really knew somebody, you know, it was a, uh, you, you pat my back, I pat your back type of thing back then. So, you know, I could have probably gotten work back then if I'd have, if I'd have, you know, went to the studio guys and said, Hey, I really want to at least write one story for Marvel and one story for DC or blah, blah, whatever. Um, but I just never, I never had a desire. I still don't. I, I still had no desire to work for any of those guys. And I've done work for Marvel and I've done work for image and I've done work for upper deck and I, man, I've been all, the only person I haven't worked with is, um, DC. That's the only company I haven't done anything with. And the funny thing is I never, I never sought work from any of them. Like I just, I don't, I don't, I don't think it, I don't think it means anything because there's so many people do they have so many people that work for them. It's like, and you won't remember half, you won't even remember 20 of them. I mean, really truthfully, you realize how many artists have been published by DC alone this year. Yeah. I mean, hundreds. Take a guess. Like, I mean, you know, at least 200 easy, you know, and out of those 200, who, how many do you remember? Mm, none. Exactly. That's my point. It's like, it's, 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 it's a, it's a falsehood. You know, you get, you get this idea that, that, uh, if you can get published, you know, you're, you're, you made it. Hey, you know, I made it. Woo, I'm a big deal now, but that was my hardship was when I, when I first got published, you know, when I was actually done, you know, a company had, I thought, man, I finally made it. I was like, man, you know, now these guys are going to stop looking at me as independent guy and blah, blah, blah. Now I got credits and blah. Man, it didn't change nothing. You know, it, and that was the biggest letdown, you know, cause it, 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 it really messed with me because, it was just one of those things where I was like, man, what am I doing this for? <laughs> like, like what, you know, it, it, there, there's no big payoff. There's no, it's, it's not a, it's not a, uh, it's not a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. You know, you, it's, it's one of those things where you find the end of the rainbow, but guess what? There's another rainbow and you got to keep chasing it because that's all there is like that's all all you're doing is chasing the carrot man you're the donkey and and the carrot's right there and you're just going to keep chasing it and even if you catch it they'll just put another carrot out there like it, it, it's not no i like carrots that's okay yeah. <laughs> yeah if you like carrots then that's a that's a good deal but you know it was well, just i i think a lot of people like uh like i had scott hanner on the other month and Yes, I actually remember him. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, you know, and, you know, chances are if you've bought any mainstream comics in the last 20 years, you've got a slew of books that he did finishes on, you know, and sometimes, you know, full art. Um, but the way the way he talked about it goes, you know, think, you know, things fell into it, fell into his lap. Somebody gave him a you know, somebody gave him a break at, at Marvel and he was on Spider-Man for like the longest time. And then, you know, he got, he got, he caught a break over at DC and Bob Harris, who, who sadly got the chopping block uh, the other week when they cut like, you know, 30% of their, 
editorial staff. Uh, it's going to get worse before it gets better. I can tell you that. I mean, oh, well, you know, I love, I love Jim Lee, you know, the, the person and the talent, but he, he, he's just a corporate puppet now. Yeah, I was going to say, he's not, they all live in their own glass chambers, man. It's like they, mm -hmm. they, again, I go back to, they don't, you no longer push creativity. You understand what I'm saying? Like that's that's not what's pushed anymore in the industry. Like back when when Jim and that's kind of what's sad about Jim Lee is because back when when Jim Lee was around, that's what was pushed. Which hey, you know, we want an artist who stands out. If they'd have never pushed Jim Lee that way, you'd have never had image, and Jim Lee would never be where he is today. But it's like he's just the opposite. Like he doesn't. He doesn't do the same thing that was done for him. It's just really weird. I don't know. And it's the same with thing with like Joe Casada. I used to say that when Joe Casada was was running Marvel, you know, hands-on Marvel. I mean, he's still running Marvel, but you understand mm -hmm. what I'm saying. Like he because he was the first one who said, you know, we want a house style. We want everybody to draw exactly the same way, you know, and it's gonna be this movie, movie likeness, realistic stuff. And everybody's going to be able to go into a comic. This was his words. You know, he said everybody's going to go into a comic shop and they can pick up any Marvel book and they'll be sure that it's still going to look the same from any other book. And it's just like, that's a bad idea. That's not, that's not good. That's not a, that's not a, that's not a, not for an art. It's not like if you're doing. That's not art. That's conformity. Yeah. That, that's not, a, that's not art at all. I don't know. You know, it's a really bad it's a really bad way to run a company that you're catering to artists. And I'm saying that even with writers, you know, I know for me, whenever I script a, a book, I feed off of what the artist does. You know, if the art sucks, then odds are I'm not going to, I'm not going to script it as well as I could if I was excited about the art. And that was kind of what I was talking to you earlier. Like I went through those, those 200. Uh, submissions. Submissions. And it was just like, these guys were using techniques that they didn't know how to use. Like they were using, you know, they were dropping blacks and they were using feathering and they were using cross hatching, but they didn't understand why these techniques existed. You know, back in the day, they existed because of the way print was, okay? <laughs> you don't even have to use feathering and, and cross-hatching now because of the way coloring has advanced and print has advanced. It's so much different. You know, you don't have to, I'm not saying not to use the technique, but I'm saying it's not used for the same thing as it was back then. And a lot of times these artists will look at people like Neil Adams and 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 Al Williamson and, and, and Bernie Wrightson and, and uh, some of these older guys that really knew how to drop blacks and, and, and use darks and they'll, they'll try to emulate them, but they don't know. They don't know how these guys are actually, yeah, they don't know how, why they're actually doing what they're doing. They just look at it and go, man, this is cool. And they try to emulate it and it doesn't work out the same. 
and it comes across as muddy. Like, and I'm sure you've seen like pieces that'll come to you and it'll look muddy. You know, you'll just go, why does this look so, it, it's, I, I can't, it's almost like you go, I can't put my finger on it. It just looks, it looks muddy, you know, it look, you know, and that's, that's usually what it is, is they're using techniques that they don't know what they're, they don't know, they don't know the medium. They just don't understand. And that's what I'm saying is we're not, we're not raising artists anymore in the industry that actually understand the medium, you know, they're pushing all the artists with the, with the pretty popular style. But, you know, I have yet to see one of these guys do something called sequential art because they're, they're, they're too good to do anything but a cover they get paid big money for. So then they can sit in, sit in a long line at a convention and get, you know, 25 to 50 bucks yeah, a week I mean, every time they sign it. Doing sequential stuff, man, that's such a lost art form. I don't even know where to start with that. Like people, I... I mean, people don't even understand the basics of, of foreground, background, you know, pacing, gutter space. Like, they don't even understand what gutter space is. Like, you, you say gutter space and they look at you like you're stupid. Like, and I, to me, it's one of those things where I'm like, man, when I first got into comics, my idea was to learn everything about comics. You know, why it functioned, how it functioned, why you did this, why you did that. You know, in my studio, I was blessed enough to where I worked with pencilers, inkers, and colors. You know, I studied under all of them. Like I didn't just, I didn't just go, man, I'm going to be a penciler. So I'm going to study my pencil. No, I went to my inker and I was like, teach me how to ink too. You know, and then, <coughs> then I went to my colors and was like, teach me how to color. You know, I, I want to know all of it. Like I, so I know, and only that too, I always felt like if you're going to sit behind the table and you're going to critique people, you need to know what you're talking about. Like, don't, don't critique. Cause I, man, I have been around so many artists that will critique something and have no idea what they're critiquing. Like they just, they're blowing smoke. They're, they're like, repeating bullet points. Yeah. It's like, you're, you're, you're not even really, I can tell you your anatomy needs work. <laughs> If you hear this, if you hear this right here, then you know you're listening to an artist that has the. And I'm not saying the anatomy don't need work, but I'm saying this is the at least the top three I always hear. Uh, your anatomy needs work. Your panel to panel transition needs work, um, and your pacing's off. Now, does that tell an artist anything? That he need, I mean, that doesn't tell. Now you might be able to understand about the the anatomy thing, but the transition from panel to panel and your pacing, those are storytelling elements that unless you know something about comics, you're not gonna. It's gonna be like me talking to a wall, you know. Unless you're a storyboard artist, you might know then. You go, yeah, okay, yeah, all right. But I mean, uh, just a normal guy who's trying to get into comics, unless he studied how to get into comics and he wouldn't have any idea what you're talking about. Like, well, what does that even mean? What does, what does it mean to transition from one panel to the other? What does pacing mean? You know, pacing is timing. What does that mean? What does it mean to have timing in comics? Dude, you don't have any kind of pacing in comics anymore, dude. I mean, it's so choppy. I, I, I mean, it's really, it's really bad. Like, 
and that goes back to the art of storytelling. Like it's, it's getting, I'm worried. I'm really worried about the industry. Like I'm really worried about where, what's going to happen in 10 years. Like, I don't know, man, I don't know if we'll have artists doing comics in 10 years. I just, I just don't see the, the fluctuation of people coming in. Um, Cause well, first off, most people can make more money doing character designs for, for, you know, games or you can do storyboarding for Hollywood, any kind of, you know, TV or commercials or, I mean, dude, I can make a buttload more money doing storyboards than I ever could doing comics. I mean, I literally could sit down and do storyboards for a day and make as much in a day as I do a whole month doing comic book stuff. Uh, and that ain't even count character designs. Character designs even are, are you know, I can draw one character and make five thousand dollars, you know, uh, and that take me not even half a day, you know, a couple hours. So why, why, if you're gonna make five thousand dollars doing something that takes you two hours, why would you want to do something that's you're only gonna make a hundred and fifty dollars on <laughs> for working? eight, nine hours a day on a page. And it's, it's, it's a hard sale to these kids, man. They don't, you know, back in the days we loved comics. You know, that was the point we did it. You know, I can't even tell you how much free work I did back in the day. I mean, Lord knows. I hear people all the time go, you got to get paid for everything you do. You better make sure you get paid, 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 paid. But dude, you know, back when I first got in, getting published meant something you know even though you know it didn't have a high value it, it just showed that you could do the work you know and and editors back then would look at things a little bit more a little bit harder if you showed that you'd already done work before you know you know what i'm saying like oh yeah so there was a value to doing some work for free you know it, it was it wasn't just Oh, you're getting screwed because you're not making any money. No, not only that, I learned more about the process. See, it was almost like an internship, you know, like I learned about comics. And now these kids don't want to learn about comics. And do there are a lot of artists out there who think they're published level and they aren't. <laughs> and they think they should be making like $150, $200 a page. And it's like, dude, man, I wouldn't pay you $20 a page. It's like, it's a first off people have to understand it's a business you're only worth what i can make off of you that that's the bottom line i'm not trying to be ugly to anybody i'm not trying to you know you can't come at me well my time is worth no your time might be that valuable to you but i'm talking about the consumer and i'm talking about the people who's going to put money back in my pocket so i can keep paying people to do work you know and your value comes from them, not from me. Like that, that's, that's, that's where it's, it's, it's the business aspect comes into play. And a lot of time these guys, cause they don't have a name. Like you don't even know some of these guys. And I have to admit, like back in the day, I, I, I built my name up. You know, it was, it was like Will Calligan. Yeah. I've heard of that dude. Yeah. Will Calligan. I, you know, I, I know I, cause I went to every show I set up with the studio. I met people, I built a fan base. I had, See, I had a, I had a, um, 
I had value. You know, there wasn't just you're getting Will Callaghan, you're getting Will Callaghan and the, the 200 people who are supporting him, you know, whereas nowadays these young artists, they don't, they don't think like that. They, they, and of course, you know, they think, well, if I got 5,000 friends on Facebook, then I'm popular. And that's the biggest lie going. I mean, it's just, well, <laughs> one of my favorite things I used to like saying to, uh, <clears throat> these cocky girls and you're like so what do you do i'm a model okay if instagram shut down tomorrow what would you be doing taking a bunch of pictures of yourself and posting them online does not make you a model no well, see, that's exactly you, it, right there. It, it makes you a narcissistic bitch right that's exactly that's exactly it right there it's like that's the whole problem right there it's what you know look just because just because you know you get 15 likes on a a sketch you did two days ago does not mean those 15 people are going to go out and buy something from you because it has your picture no that's not the way it works okay See, my, my reputation comes from, I have this many sales. I've done this much. I've done this book. These books have sold. This is sold. This is sold. Blah. That's where my weight comes in. When you come at me with like, well, I got 15 people on Facebook who like my stuff, so I must be doing something right. <laughs> Dude, no, no, no. See, that's where we live in a world of, of, of fantasy, man. You, 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 and I'm not trying to downplay the support you get from Facebook and that kind of thing. But what I am saying is a lot of times people will exaggerate that help to where they really in their head think it thinks it's, it's more than what it really is. You know, like they think it's the real world. Uh, the, these, these are platforms and tools for you to get your message out to the general public and hopefully spread it around and the more people that see it the more people if 2000 people see uh for example this uh, yeah and they're like that's cool what's that from and then will tells us about his book that's for sale right now on amazon yeah, Gungul, man, that's the, that's, I guess that's my big claim to fame now. I don't know. It was, uh, all four issues were like number one on Amazon for, for over a month. I mean, it was out selling books like, uh, what is it? Key and Lock? Is that? Oh, that Lock and Key. Lock and Key and, uh, Lady Death and Vampirella, uh, well, like and it stayed there for over a month. Um, it did really well. Like I, I don't. It, it has such a huge. And the funny thing, you know, a, a true story about this character. I did this design as a warm-up sketch one day, and I posted it on DeviantArt. And back then, I was kind of one of the the. I don't want to say bigger name guys comic book guys on DeviantArt, but I was kind of in that click. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, anyways. 
like in the group of top tier guys. I yeah, yeah. And, and not that I was top tier or anything like that. It was just how I fell in the click. Don't ask me why, because I couldn't ever tell you why. But the the character design just took off, man. It was biased. And I didn't even, I thought nothing of it. Like it never had a story or anything like that. And it was just a warm up little five minute sketch, man. And I just kept getting pestered and pestered and pestered on DeviantArt. Like, man, when are you going to do a story? When are you going to do a story? When are you going to do it? And finally, I was just like, oh, my God, shut up, man. I'll do it. You know, and that's how it came about. It would have never happened if I hadn't been pressured by by the fan base back then to do it. But it obviously resonates somehow within the the, the fan base. I think a lot of it has to do with it's kind of got that lady death and the horror uh, vibe to it. I don't really, I, dude, I couldn't tell you. I really couldn't tell you why anybody likes anything. You know, and I'm being honest with you. I don't know why anybody likes any of the stuff I do. So when people tell me they like something of mine, I just kind of, yeah, okay. You know, because I don't, I don't get it. But yeah, don't worry about it. He sucks. Yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm just, I, I it's weird for me because again, I go back to to me, this character was nothing more than something I'd have thrown away. You know, I wouldn't even. It was on like a little piece of uh, uh, typing paper that I just happened to have on my my drawing board that I just doodled it on. You know, but I mean, it, it was a pretty finished piece when I did it, but it was still mm -hmm. one of those things that was just kind of like, eh. I didn't even have a name for the character to begin with. I just kind of put up, yeah, here's a random character I did. And then I even put it in the description. I was like, yeah, you know, I might call it Gun Ghoul. I don't know. Sounds kind of cool. I don't know. And then everybody was like, oh, my God, that's the coolest thing ever. Blah blah. And I mean, my point to this is you just never know what's really going to excite people. Mm -hmm. Like this was not because I was not focusing on this character at all. I was focused on like two other books I had going on at the time. And I was trying to push it. One was called outlaw angel and the other one was called tech lore and i couldn't get any kind of um traction with the other two except the tech lore the tech lore had some because it has kind of a sci-fi fantasy mix to it so it had mm -hmm. it, it, its own little niche uh but not like this like the, like i said the google thing i guess that's what i'm going to end up being known for by the end of the day by the time it's all said and done this will be the character that, that marked me as whatever, which I'm fine with. I mean, I have, I'm, I'm glad people like something I did. You know, that's always a, a positive thing. I, I did. It's like I said, it's just weird to me that out of all the characters I spent all this time on, you know, like you have to know what I'm talking Like you spend all this time on creating something and you're like, oh, my God, this is going to be the greatest thing ever. And then there's one thing you didn't even spend five minutes on turns out to be, you know, the golden egg that the goose, the goose laid. Yeah. Kind of like, well, it's just weird. I mean, I love the character. Don't get me wrong. I love it. I, and I love the design. I think I just, I happened to just hit something that was, I don't know. You tell me. You're looking at it. I, I, well, it's to me because I'm I'm so. It's a it's a cool it's a cool design. 
it's got like you know a little bit of a a little bit of a manga feel to it and remi- reminds me of a cross between uh ghost from dark horse mm, i used to love that book oh that yeah cool. and the uh the uh yeah the 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 white of the uniform and and the and the dual guns make me think of ghost but the way the head looks reminds me of scud remember scud i used to love scud too way back in the day man see that's another small indie guy back in the day that was actually doing you know independent books and you couldn't hardly ever find those books either and he was popular man scud was like big you know um, I probably I probably have like one or two issues in my collection, and that's that's my big thing. I'm trying to because you know being being disabled and everything, I'm in a bunch of programs. But uh, before this happened to me, and we were talking about this pre-show, but uh, a buddy of mine that I worked with at at the club was nice enough to take all my comics and all my collectibles clothes uh like a whole slew of stuff you know all my daughter stuff and uh pack it up from the i was renting my friend's house at the time like this big condo you know nice yard and everything because my daughter was young then uh and uh he packed it up and he brought it uh, next day over to his house and he's got like one of those long storage cubicles that sits like in his backyard because he repairs and resells bicycles on the side. So, um, but you know, now all my stuff's in the way so we can't get through his bicycles. It's all packed into his garage, into the rafters of his garage, you know, everywhere. So I'm like, I'm, I'm like trying to get it back. And every time I've I've tried to make arrangements to get it back, either because I'm in Mass and he's in Rhode Island, so either either Rhode Island shuts down and be like, nobody from out of state can come here. Why? Because of the COVID? Yeah, that and Donald Trump's still president. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. Oh, crap going on. Dude. I never, I won't tell you right now, I never thought I'd live in a, time we're living in i i it's beyond me i i remember a time when politics wasn't in everything you, mm-hmm. you remember that like it was just you voted and that was it you know it, it wasn't a lifestyle now it seems like everybody's branded republican or democrat you know that's your lifestyle like that that's that's who you are you know and it's one of those things where it's like man i don't first off every politician's a liar i mean i ain't met one that hadn't lied to you and i ain't met one that ain't tried to steal every dime you got you know oh, yeah so i don't trust any of them and for me i don't like being labeled a republican or democrat because i like i said i don't trust either either side both of them are just as crooked as the other side, if you allowed them, like if you had allowed them to do it, they'd do it, you know. Uh, and I don't have a problem with Trump. I don't. Th- I think people hate him just to hate him. Like I, I, I think the media has played in. 
Oh yeah, they. Sure. But, you know, they, like, you know, it's like. I don't know, think it's bad. I, somebody makes I, I asked a question. I asked a question on my on my personal page the other week. Um, if you're voting for Joe Biden, give me one reason that doesn't say "orange man bad." Oh yeah, yeah, that doesn't exist. And and it's all you know. No. Well, I, I hear. I hate him. Oh, because you were programmed to hate him. Because well, yeah, he, actually, he actually came through with promises that he promised before the before he got elected in. Well, yeah, and you know, I hear he's a racist all the time. Like that's the to me that's the big argument I get is like, well, he's just a racist. He hates people, and I don't see it. Like I'm just kind of like, I, dude, he's gotten more black people out of out of prison than any other freaking president. He's done more for black colleges than any other freaking president. If, if he, he was racist, why would he do these things? Like, well, I, I don't understand. Yeah. I don't understand the logic behind some of the stuff that's like. I saw a news piece years and years ago when uh, Rosa Parks was still living and it was some award ceremony and he was standing right by Rosa Parks. Well, he won the award. He won the Rosa Parks Award. Yeah, and she was right there presenting it to him. So I don't. Like, yeah, it's like I don't. I don't. To me, I don't understand that kind of. Yeah, it's to me. It's just again. Yeah, it, it's all it's all BS because before he ran for president, everybody loved him. They everybody were all his everybody. friends, and then nobody hated him. And I, it, to me, I, look. Again, I go back to, I remember a time when politics was not your end-all, be-all of life. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like, you had, I didn't have to, I didn't have to tell everybody who I voted for, you know? Like, that was not a, that was not even part of the conversation. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. I don't remember before Facebook where we all just sit around going, well, I'm going to divide myself up into Republican and Democrat. Like when, when you went to your job, you didn't go, all right, I'm only going to hang out with my Republican friends over here. You Democrat friends, you need to go over there. You're not really my friends. I don't, we never did that. Like it was just never, that was never a. This is, it's, it's all identity politics now. Well, and that stuff's stupid, man. It's man. all identity politics and. Uh, culture wars. Thanks for posting that picture up too. By the way, that was a great one. To pull up. That's one of my favorite gun ones. Oh yeah, because I was I was I was going around. So uh, if you're looking now in the chat, of course, uh, we've got uh, our sponsor for this video, SpinWiz Comics, who I'm going to talk about in just a moment. Uh, there's a link for SpinWiz Comics at the top. Uh, next link down is actually a link for Gun Ghoul on Amazon.com. Yay, go buy it. Help us out. We're independent yeah. guys. We love doing good stories. You ain't got to take my word for it, too. You can look at all the... the, the uh, Gun, Gun Ghoul has zounds of five-star reviews written up on, on Amazon. Ain't go, that crazy? Go ain't that crazy? I'm like, wow! I'm shocked myself. Like, I... I you know, I've all, I'm always waiting for the one person to get on there to blow me up. You know, like, oh my God, this thing sucks. <laughs> Who was it that created this crappy thing? 
But <laughs> I, I, you know, it's crazy. It's like I, I'm, I'm, I'm very blessed that that uh, it was accepted the way it was. Um, and if you've never heard of Gungle, uh, get over to Amazon and and buy and read the best comic you never heard of. Man, yeah. If you ain't heard of it, then I ain't doing my job right. Like I failed somewhere. Like. And I'm gonna have to get out more or something because uh, it used to be everywhere, literally. You know, back in the day, you know, when DeviantArt was pretty big, uh, it was a whole lot easier for artists to get like your products out to people because you could get other artists, you know, to draw your character and then it would pop up on their friends' list as well as your friends' list and it just got, yeah. Cross-pollination. Yeah, you got that cross-pollination thing, and it was a lot better on DeviantArt than it is Facebook for whatever oh, yeah. reason. I don't know why, but, you know, you could get things to really blow up on DeviantArt. It wouldn't take it wouldn't take much of nothing, four or five artists, and, you know, you're all over the place. Um, I wished it was still that way over there, but DeviantArt's kind of died. Uh, but, man, you know, that was the greatest that was where you could really marketing wise, that was a great marketing tool back, back then, you know, that's probably where I made the majority of my money when I was first getting into to doing art. And, uh, and I can't tell you how many independent comic covers I did and, and pinups and, and man, Good, great. But again, that went all back to DeviantArt. Back then, it was such a huge comic book base back then. Like now, I think it's turned more into, I don't want to say manga because they're not really doing manga. They're doing like these little screenshot anime pics, you know, where they, they do just one illustration and that's pretty much all they do. You know, they're not doing any kind of storytelling or anything like that. Um, it's like here. Look at my sketch. Yeah, pretty much. It's like it, it's not like, dude. It's not like. And they're that. like, oh, cool. Next. Yeah, it's just not. It's not like it used to be. There was so much energy. Again, it goes back to what I kind of said in the very beginning. You know, back in the day, the artists had so much energy, and it was just so much, you know, fluctuation between artists. Like you might like my style, but my style was so much different from so-and-so style you know we it was just night and day and you just don't see that anymore like you don't see that kind of even on facebook you don't see that kind of stuff like yeah. i i really dude i bet i could count on my hand how many people draw kind of in the same style i do i mean it ain't and that's mainly because you know i do more animated cartoony type stuff uh but the industry has, has went so heavily on the realistic style and realistic, which I don't really understand why they went that way. It is what it is. To me, you're working in a medium where you can do anything, okay? You're only, you're only hampered by your imagination. Why do you want to draw things to look exactly like real life? Why? Like what? You understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's it's your, your it's cool. It's cool for a little while, and but it's only cool to the point 
where like I've read some books where I really hated the art, but by the end it grew a little bit on me because you can, you can feel that, that niche in there where the art actually fits the words around it. Well, now, yeah, I mean, that's, and that's a tough thing, man, is actually find, but see, that goes back to, you know, writers, writers working with artists and understanding the medium. And I, again, I go back with writers too. Have you seen that one thing that's going around that, that, Bendez wrote, I think it was for Legion of Superheroes or something like that. It was a splash page and it had a head of Brainiac. But dude, it had this much word balloons in it. Like the word balloons took up more space than the actual art. And it's like, don't even get me started on Bendis. I was like, but see, this is a fail, okay? If you're a writer... Oh, it's an epic fail. If you're a writer and you're writing for comics, you need to understand the art is there to tell a story, okay? That's part of your mechanism, okay? Yeah. That, that It's not just words as a writer. Like, it's not just your mechanism is, is writing the, the script, okay? that it's It's telling the whole story, like telling the artist Hey, do a bird's eye view right here because I'm trying to imply power or, or fear or whatever. Okay. That's the point. And it's like, and when you do stuff like what Bendis did on that, that page, it's like, you're not respecting the medium. You're, 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 if he wants to write a novel, write a freaking novel. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's, that's fine. Do it, but don't turn comics into a novel. <laughs> then that's not what comics is. That's not what it was made for. It's not made for you to write a novel. Okay. It's, it's made for visual stimulation, not mental stimulation. And I'm not saying you can't have both, but what I am saying is, is, is comics is a visual medium. No matter how many people are going to argue with you, because I get this argument all the time. Well, what's more important, the writer or the artist, writer or the artist, blah, blah, blah. First off, an artist will always be more important than a writer in comics because you can tell a whole story with just pictures. Okay. Let me tell you that right now. I don't need words to tell a picture. I mean, tell a story. I could do 20 pages of art telling a story. And if you don't believe me, you can look at some of the people who do storyboarding. Okay. They don't use any words. Their whole job is to tell the story without words. Okay. That's their, that's their one job. Okay. Um, and so the medium as a whole is a visual medium. You can't, you can't go, well, if you take the art away and just put the words down, it still works. Well, yeah, but then it's not a comic. <laughs> you've got a, you've got a novel. You don't have a, you don't have a comic anymore. You take mm -hmm. the art away and all you have is the words sitting on the pages. Guess what? That's 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 not art. That that's not a comic. I'm I'm fine sitting down and reading a novel too. Well, yeah, and I'm not saying there, again. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with writing the novel. I mean, Besides, that's I, I got a, I, I got a new bookmark with the Kickstarter I got in today. So, uh, <laughs> well, there you go. I can put it right in the novel. So, well, and again, I, I, I novels are great. I mean, that's again, it's knowing your medium. You know, if you're going to mm -hmm. write a novel, then write a novel. I mean, there's plenty of people, like you said, there's plenty of people that'll read novels. That are, 
dude, I buy Mike Barron's novels all the time. Anything he does, I, you know, I buy it. So it's like novels are great, but to think that you're going to do comics and make it into a novel, it, it, dude, it don't work. You're, it, you're, you're, you're killing the medium is what you're doing. It's like, not to mention the hard work that the artist actually put on, you know, put doing that page. It probably took him six to seven hours to draw and you just covered it all up so nobody can see it. I mean, it's kind of a mm -hmm. smack in the face to the artist. That's kind of like, you know, screw you. I don't really think your work is enough. I'm going to, I'm going to, and I'm not a huge Bendis fan anyway. I think he's kind of. I, look, I, uh, I've, yeah. been, I've been a DC kid since 1974. In the first teen comic book I ever bought off the spinner rack was Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes. And I fell in love with those characters and the stories, you know, in the 70s. It's like. It was great. It was like, you know, straight up adventure, character development. You know, it was wonderful stuff. And Bendis comes in with with uh, Mr. Hooker by Crook and uh, turn, yeah. turns the entire book into uh, a diversity training session. Well, the problem, man, see, DC has the greatest superheroes of anybody. I mean, that, look, and I'm not putting anything against Marvel because I think Marvel have their own. They are more social commentary than than DC. DC is more like fantasy superhero stuff. Mm -hmm. Marvel is more realistic superhero stuff. And I don't mean they have to sell realistic, but I mean it. They play on more realistic ideas like racism and and you know whatever's going on at the culture at the time. I mean, that's what X-Men was all about. You know, that, Oh yeah. You know, that it was a social commentary of what was going on at the time. And, you know, even, even the, 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 the stuff like Captain America, it was a political statement as well as a superhero. But you see, when you have stuff like Superman and Batman, those things were never really geared towards anything other than entertainment. And setting a, a, a value of what, what a hero is. And see, I think that's the biggest difference between DC and Marvel. And I a lot of times when people compare the two, I'm kind of like, you're, you're kind of comparing apples and oranges. You know, you kind of, it's like, yeah, they do superhero books, but they're not, they're not the same. Like, it's not, it's, it's not even, it's not even close. You know, it's not a... a like for the here's a fine example and a lot of times people get them messed up but I, this is my my opinion on things batman is a vigilante obviously that's what he is but he dresses up as a bat he uses super gadgets and that kind of thing whereas marvel does a vigilante and what does he do well he doesn't dress up as a bat he puts a big skull on his chest and carries guns and kills people okay that's more realistic all right there's it's more realistic that a vigilante would, would pack an AK-47 and start shooting and killing criminals than a guy dressing up as a bat and using gadgets and not killing people. You know, that that's the, 
that's the, the, that's the way you can see the difference between the two, you know? Um, and I think somewhere along the lines, it's just got lost. Like people think they're, they're competing against one another. And it's like, dude, they're not really, they're not really competing against each other because most DC fans are going to be DC fans regardless. You know, they're not going to, nothing Marvel does is going to change their, they're all of a sudden them go, man, I hate DC now. I'm going to go over to Marvel. No, it don't work that way. It's just not, it's not even feasible. Like it, it's, and the same thing with Marvel, you know, most Marvel fans would go, man, that DC stuff is just too campy. It's not realistic enough for me. I'm not going to just jump brands to DC and, you know, they're going to be my heroes now because it's just two different, it's two different mindsets. It's like, it's not mm -hmm. the same and that's how, well, man, especially now with the way the agendas and all that stuff is going, you can really tell how Marvel is so culture, cultural centered, you know, and I'm not saying DC doesn't try because they do, but if you notice, it doesn't work as well for DC. The stuff don't fit in. It's like, dude, all this stuff you're doing with Antifa and all that makes no sense with Batman. Like it would make no Batman would not sit back and let somebody burn down businesses. Okay. That's just not, that's not how it works. Like it doesn't matter. doesn't matter how you like it or not. You know, that's just not the, the, the framework that you've put the characters in, you know, whereas in, in Marvel, you can very well see some of mutants, you know, teaming up with Antifa and going downtown and ripping statues down and, and, and running people out and marching and stuff like that. You could see somebody like Magneto, Magneto or rogue or, or Jubilee or Bishop or any of these characters, you could see them marching with these guys. And I think that's a, you know, I'm not saying that's good for Marvel. I'm just saying I, 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 it's the way the platforms are set up. It just and on the other hand, you could also see Frank Castle stealing the War Machine armor and uh, taking him out. <laughs> yeah, and that's another thing. Yeah, you could see very easily see the Punisher stopping Antifa and not giving two craps about it. You know, uh, I don't know. I just I, and and you know I hate. I hate agenda-driven stories. They never work. Mm -hmm. They're just—they're just not. They're not entertaining. And to me, comics—comics comics to me, before anything else, is a platform to entertain. If it's not entertaining somebody, then you failed as a as a publisher. Yeah, uh, it's it's supposed it's supposed to be fun and entertaining. It's not supposed to bring your political BS stress from every social media platform. Well, I'm not here into, to put it into the book you're reading either. I, look, when I do comics, I'm not doing it to preach to you. I'm not doing it to, to I mean, because I'm a Christian. So, I mean, I could easily write stories that are going to preach to you. But I just don't feel like that's what, what, that's not what it's about. It's never been about that. You know, my job as a, as a comic book creator is to tell entertaining stories that you, you, you know, you, you like, and you want to come back and read more, not, not me 
trying to fill your head with, well, you got to believe this way or you're not thinking like your best superhero would. I mean, that's just stupid. I mean, first off, these characters are not even real and you're, 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 you're messing with people's mythoses. You know, these are the things that we grew up on that we had, you know, nostalgic connections with that for whatever reason, probably got us through some hard times. You know, I know it did for me as a kid, you know, I know comics, <coughs> comics got me through some, some, you know, tough times and, and, uh, I just don't think it's 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 a good it's a good thing to to take these characters and turn them into something that takes away from the youth being able to have those kind of heroes. You know, like I want my son to have somebody like Superman who who stands up for truth and justice in the American way. You know, and and not someone who's who's telling them cops are bad and beating up cops. Like that's, that's, that's not where super, that's not what Superman is. And they never, he's never been that way. <coughs> and I think, I think in general, people have forgotten why people need heroes, you know, like comics is not the first time people had heroes. You know, you can go back to Greece and, and Rome. And I mean, we've always had these super you know, heroes like Hercules and uh, Attilus and, and, you know, it, it was, it's always someone, and they were there to give us something to strive for, you know, to be, to be that standard of, of human being, you know, something that we knew we never could truly reach, but it was still a, a mm -hmm. plateau that, that, you know, it was embedded in us that, that this is, this is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's a, it's a, it's a good mentality for us to have these kind of, of morals and, and, and heroes, you know, if we don't have heroes, then look, I mean, you, all you gotta do is go downtown to just about anywhere now and look and see what's going on. You know, these are kids that are growing up without, without heroes. I mean, they're told to hate everybody. They're, I mean, they, they, who, I mean, their heroes are like market, Margaret Thatcher. I mean, not Margaret Thatcher. What's her name from Planned Parenthood? The one that uh, oh yeah created it. But I mean, these are heroes to them, and it's like these are not these. They're humans, okay, and and they make mistakes, and they. This is not people, you know, to to base your your moral philosophies on because they're flawed, and that was the thing with heroes, where they were never flawed. You know, they might have they might have their issue. Now, I'm not saying they can't have problems or can't have a flaw. But what I'm saying is, is they use those flaws to to overcome, not to be looked at as a victim, you know. And now everybody is taught you're a victim, you know. Like, oh, yeah. Everything and every everybody and everything is a victim. It doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Any way you look at it, everybody, nobody had, nobody has it good anymore in the world. I mean, it's the craziest thing to me. We live in a country, and a lot of this has to do because people have never been outside of the U.S. And I personally believe some of these, some of these kids need to be shipped to the Middle East for about 
two months and let them see what it's like to live in the Middle East for about it's, two months. It's like go to one of these socialist countries that you're trying to turn my country into. Right. It's like, and then come back and tell me how bad you got it here. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I mean, I lived in Saudi Arabia for, for nine months. And I'm going to tell you, Americans have no clue as to how good they got it. Like, you just, you, you just, you don't, you're just being stupid. You know, when you talk about racism and that kind of thing, it's like, <clears throat> Most races in these Middle Eastern countries, if you ain't if you ain't Saudi Arabian, you're gonna be disliked. Okay. I don't give a crap if your skin color is black, white, pink, yellow, whatever. If you ain't, they ain't gonna like you. And it's not just Saudi Arabia. Like if you go to Korea, you know, I lived in South Korea for over a year and a half, and the Asian culture in general really has a dislike of of other races you know they're pretty if you're going to marry you marry within your your if you're a korean you're going to marry a korean all right <laughs> you better not come home with an american husband because you know that ain't gonna work out which i don't have a problem with it's like you know these are that's fine that's their culture that's the way they do it and that's what i'm saying is people get so touchy nowadays about race and all this like live some go somewhere and live see how things are 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 done and how people actually live they're offended by right everything yeah it's like you'll learn that people are not doing things to offend you as much as you think they are like they're just doing it because they live and that's how they live it's like it's not a it's not a slap in your face it's not a i hate these people i hate that people i hate no it's a look We've lived this way for 2,000 years. We're going to continue living this way for 2,000 more, whether you you like it or not, or whether or not you think it's right or not. See, that's the other thing, is too. It's like, it's like, who are you to tell these people they're wrong and doing what they're doing? It's like, I don't, I don't know. It's just, and I know in America we live in this melting pot, and that's part of the problem is we don't really have an identity. You know, we don't have a, like our country's not white, our country's not black, our country's not Latino, our country's not, you know, we're a we're a melting pot of all things. So we just assume everybody's a melting pot, you know. And that is the farthest thing mm-hmm. from the truth that there is. I mean, I'm even talking Irishman. Let me tell you, you can go to Ireland and if you think it's a melting pot there, you're on crack. Because I don't know what else to tell you. You're gonna run into some. You're gonna run into some walls, <laughs> thinking that way because it's not gonna. It's not. And again, I don't. I don't have a problem with that. I don't. I don't see. I don't know why everybody has such issues with with these things. It's like, uh, man, you just gotta learn what's out there. You know, it. It's not all the way America is set up. It's just not, it's not that way. I mean, do you, I mean, even in Africa, you know, whites are not liked in Africa. I mean, that, that's just the way it is. It's like, that's, that's a, that's a cultural thing. You know, you're the outcast. You're not the in cast. You're not the, 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 the majority. And, and I'm not saying people should be hated, but I'm just saying, look, you know, I think we've, 
we've gotten to a point in our society where we have really we have jumped the shark with with the the oh, yeah. racism and the the everybody hates me and I'm a victim and until we get that stuff straightened out nothing's going to change you know you're going to end up you're going to end up having more you're going to have more problems than you're going to have it fixed and i don't think it's ever going to be fixed because the media is not going to allow it to be fixed i mean for them this is how they make money keeping us at each other's throats you know mm -hmm. i hate you you hate me I, dude i don't have the energy to hate people i'm too freaking old i just don't i got too much other stuff to focus on that i can't focus on hating this person this week and that person next week i just i don't know how people have the energy to do it myself like i it blows my mind it's like don't y'all get tired oh i mean i'm so sick of the election this year i mean i'm so sick of it i could right now i could care less who wins just because I'm, i don't want to see it no more but i know too even when the election's over it's not going to be over mm -hmm. i mean no matter what happens we're still going to hear people going at each other and see that's why i'm talking about it. it's like it there used to be a time where it stopped you know like there was a there was a lull in the 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 rhetoric you know there was a peace among the seas and we don't have that anymore it's like it's 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 a constant barking of dogs you know it's like that dog in in the neighbor's backyard it just keeps barking and barking and barking and barking and barking and barking and won't shut up you know and you're just like oh my god shut up i'm gonna kill you i'm gonna get my 12 gauge out i'm gonna shoot you in the head shut up and it's just gotten to the point where it's it's i think it's really messing with people's minds too man i mean i i, I really i think people have 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 really started to like lose you know their perspective on a lot of things and and i don't know dude and i hate seeing it in this industry because the industry meant means a lot to me or i wouldn't be doing what i'm doing um because i'm not doing it for the money i can tell you that right now you know I, I i'll probably sink more money into it than i ever got out of it which is fine because again it goes back to the industry did so much for me growing up and it's it's done so much for me too as an adult you know it's formed who i am and my a lot of my thoughts and a lot of my my uh, dreams and and you know desires and it's just one of those things where i think that the, the industry is just man it's losing its its power you know what i'm saying like it's it's and i think a lot of it has to do with i think what we were talking about before you know with the agenda and uh people pushing things that really I don't know why you're, you know, the whole, the whole LGBT agenda that's being pushed, and that's a hard agenda, man. I'm gonna tell you, right, I've never seen a group of people who push harder than the LGBT ever, and anything I've ever dealt with, they are by far the, the, for, to be a, a three percent of the whole population of the world. I mean, they, they have more power and more push than any any group 
and I'm saying even as from a Christian, you know, I used to think Christians, you know, used to have the power to shut people down. You remember back in the day, back in the 80s, you had people like Jerry Farwell and all those guys that could, you know, we're going to ban this this rap song because it's blah, 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 blah. And, and you know, they could shut things down. Christians don't have that power now. Now it's it's on the, the other foot. You know, now the LGBT has that that cancel culture where they can go, you know, this person hates homosexuals or homophobe or whatever. And that's pretty much it for you. You know, that's your, your business is done. And it's, it's crazy to me how, how much power we give people, you know what I'm saying? Like how much, how much influence and power we give others over us. It's, it's strange to me. It's like, I don't know. I mean, as a creator, we shouldn't be that way. And I think that's what's going on with DC and Marvel. You know, they're hiring these people who really don't love comics. They don't love the medium. What they want to do is tell these stories that have these agenda-driven, you know, causes, you know, that really like that, aren't good stories. They're not good like stories. That, that, that cover that they released for uh, Wonder Woman 84, where she was she was a heavy set Latino, yeah, small chested and looks you know like she's got the Amtrak caboose on the backside, and it's like, well, this is a brave cover. This is a realistic Wonder Woman. I go, yeah, that was horrible. That was horrible. I don't know. I don't know what they were. I don't know what they she were. Up on an island of Amazons, and all they do is train for war. Well, yeah, I don't. How did she get to be two hundred and fifty pounds? Well, see, all that stuff was a double standard anyways, because, you know, they never talk about how fit Superman is or how fit Batman is or how, mm -hmm. you know, it's always how fit the women look. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's be realistic. I'm never going to look like Superman. Neither are you. I mean, I hate to tell you, but we're not going <laughs> to, we're not going to look like Superman. We're not going to have, we're not going to have Batman's body. We're not going to, you know, which I'm fine with. I never really looked at comics and went, oh my God, I feel like less of a man because I don't look like Batman. Like I, that, that no point in time in my life have I ever, have I ever done that yet? You, you, these women have that mentality of, well, look, I'm never going to look like Wonder Woman. So you need to quit drawing her that way. Wait, wait a minute. You know, that ain't got nothing to do with the way I draw. It goes back to remember I was saying, you know, the higher standards, you know, that's what the heroes are for. You know, we these are standards we might not all be able to achieve, but it's still something we should, you know, strive for. And that's the that's probably one of the bigger problems we have in our society is we no longer want to strive for anything that takes work, first of all. You know, mm -hmm. well, you know, if, if it takes work. Well, if we if I can't get the satisfaction of it in you know what I call the microwavable society time, which is five minutes, yeah. then I'm not going to do it. You know, I'm not going to. And instead of showing, you know, throwing it in my face that if I did do the hard work, I could be this way. Well, instead, I'm going to complain about it and make you change the standard so so the standard doesn't is closer. Yeah. You Nothing know, like lowering the bar, huh? Yeah, basically that's all you're doing is lowering the bar, and and the problem is too, you know, 
you're pushing things that are unhealthy. You know, it's not it's not healthy to be obese. I mean, it's just not that's not a healthy way of living. I know, I know. I'm on a diet. I'm losing weight. <laughs> and I mean, I know as we get older, that's a totally different situation. I mean, that look, man, I don't have my 20 year old body. That ain't it. Ain't never gonna happen again in my lifetime. I mean, even if I oh. sat down and tried, it ain't happening. And yeah, I wish. Yeah. I, so look. And that's what I'm saying, too, is part of it has to be you have to understand who you are and what you are. You know, you can't you can't look at things and just automatically go, well, I can't achieve all that. So I'm not doing any of it. Well, that's not what it's meant there to be. You know, it's, it's meant there so you can you can set a goal and get as close to that goal as you can. That's the point. It's like you, you strive for what you can do. Like if you can't lose weight, because there are people who can't, there's there's legitimate reasons for it. Uh, but you still, you know, you still strive. You don't you don't become complacent in in who you are or or what you're doing. And I think that's part. Of, you know, our standards of living have just went to the toilet i mean i mean we just we just well two years ago i was uh just about 600 pounds and now i'm 385 so see i mean that's a good thing you should be proud i, I, I lost two, two whole people under five feet tall well that's a great thing man you should be proud of that like that's not a that's not a a small feat that's a herculean feat man you know yeah that's a, that's something to be, and the that's problem is, is I'm still fat. Ah <laughs> uh, man, no. When you were 600 pounds, you were fat. Now yeah. you're working. See, there's a see, and that's the thing, and that's what I mean right there. It's two totally different. It's a different situation if you sit back and you accept. I'm going to live at 600 pounds, and I'm going to make you turn it into that's the acceptable way of living see that's that that's because i'm not doing you any favors by doing that mm -hmm. i'm not doing you any favors by saying man i don't care if you weigh 700 pounds you'll be all right and you know by when you were that weight you know that you were not all right i'm not telling you anything you didn't already know i'm not telling you see people want to do this whole they baby people, man. It's like, dude, you're a grown man. Like, I, and if I really love you, guess what? I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to like, you know, butter you up and, and give you this mentality of, I'm not going to enable you. See that, that's, that's the thing. It's like, I'm, I want you to be better, man. I want you to be as healthy as you can be. You know why? Cause I want you to live the best life you can live. That's what I want for you. I, I don't want bad things for you. I want great things for you. I want you to be able to go out there and do whatever it is you want to do, whatever that may be. Now, I mean, I got comic books to read and stuff, you know? Yeah. I mean, dude, you got to be around forever because it's going to take that long for me to get the next Gungle book out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It only took me it only took me like three years to get the first one out. So, you know, hey, what what can I say, man? Well, you know, it's a process. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a but I did learn from the first process. So it, it makes things a lot faster. You know, it might I might only be a year and a half this time. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, actually, I'm already three issues in. We only have a, an issue and a half left to finish. And See? the second series will be done. And then I have another one shot with the character coming out uh, probably in the next two or three months. Um, and, and all this stuff you can find out about by by liking the next link down there. See, I, I think that was a good intro. On Facebook. That was a great intro. See, there you go. Oh, good. Yeah, years of DJ didn't go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> we post all our stuff on Facebook. You know, I used to have a website, but. Nobody ever went to it. All they did was to go to our Facebook page. So it ended up being, it's like, I don't know why we have two different things. Why I'm actually paying for a website when Facebook's is going to give it to me for free. And they, they go there more than they would. Cause we used to have uh, web comics we did every week, um, which nobody ever came and read. It was, it was crazy. It was like we were doing all these kind of things where we were doing, uh, each week, each artist in the studio would do a different drawing. Like we would have like one week we were doing the Lone Ranger and then the, one, the one next week we were doing uh, Superman or next week. we So all of us would do our rendition of, of that, those characters. And we never could get anybody to, to really... Like I had plenty of traffic on my Facebook page, like my personal Facebook page. Um, but I just could never drive people to that website. It was like people just, they never wanted to click the link. It was crazy. It's like, I don't know why people hate links. What, what is it with that? Like, it's just funny. It's like, well, I was, I was talking about something like this to, uh, to Rylan Grant today. Uh, cause, cause he's got a podcast and I'm sorry, Rylan, I forget the name of it. Um, but I follow it, so when when a new episode comes up, I know it's there to watch. Um, but he does this thing. You know how at the end of the convention, all you creators would like get together at like the bar or restaurant and talk about everything that happened. Well, basically, his podcast is that because there's no conventions, so it's just like all these you know all these various creators. And uh, his drinking blab, that's what I used to call him. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and uh, he just had a new episode come up. It was like uh, him, David Pepos, um, Will Carrigan, uh, one of the uh, one of the head editors from I think IDW, um, Stan Sakai. Wow. And you know a couple, you know a couple of other, a couple of other people that I know too. And I'm like, you know, I was joking around. And I go, "Wow, did you break the internet with this one?" And we we went back and forth for a little bit, and you know, it, it basically comes out to uh, nobody in the last two generations has an attention span. Nah. More than two seconds, like they'll read a headline, they won't read anything in the article. No, see, we've been on here for almost two hours. Ain't nobody gonna watch the two hours of two old men just running their mouths back and forth. <laughs> we've, had, we've had we've had people coming in and out. Oh me, 
especially me. I just, I, I blab on, man. I can, I can oh, get off track quick. Oh, I'm the, I'm the exact same way, but now you had, you had a post up cause you're looking, you're looking for people to do stuff. Well, that actually was a buddy of mine, Kevin. He, uh, he works for a multimedia company and they're doing, uh, some multi-marketing products, but these products are for things like comics and um, video game stuff and video editing. And it's actually every, just about every medium you can think of in media, you know? Um, and he, he's pretty high up in there in a, I, I wish I knew the company name and it, it's, dude my memory's horrible um but it's a it's a well-known company and they do a lot of ip resourcing which basically means they search they're they the middle to, get it, to get it to uh to get it to that high-end platform right they they basically take ips and they they make them to a level where it's marketable and they can sell it to somebody and, and mm-hmm. um, hopefully make everybody a lot of money. I don't now I don't, I don't know exactly like the percentages and that kind of stuff that they, they take from it. Cause truthfully, like I told you earlier before, I, I never really got into it to do those whole multi-medium media things. That was just never my, but I try to help out, you know, as many friends of mine as I can, because he's a good guy and he's got he does a lot of comic book stuff. So I know he's legit when it comes to he really loves comics and he wants he wants to see the industry do well. Yeah, he wants he wants oh. to see you know comics right. and gaming and stuff thrive. Yeah. So I try to I try to help him out as much as I can and and like a, these these are legit. Uh, positions so if anybody comes to my facebook page they should be able to see i guess tomorrow i can put it up on my alpha dog page so if anybody comes to the alpha dog site they can see it there too that way because i know i set my site to private or friends only or whatever Mm -hmm. um and i know some people get irritated with that they're like man why don't you make it public blah blah but i'm with the way the world is right now, because it's my private page, you want well, to publish like, stuff? It, it's it's one of those go, things. Go to half a dog comics. Yeah, it's like you know. Here it is, right there. I don't want to make it sound like I'm some kind of. I don't know. I, to me, I just think there's there's just so much political and agenda and all this stuff going on that I'm real weary about who's on my Facebook page and mm-hmm. who it. And I mean, dude, I probably have. 250 friend requests waiting for me that I just don't even, I, I, I haven't gone through because I mean, I'm at like 15. When I started this first, this new Facebook page up, I swore I was only going to have like 100 people on there. I was like, I'm only going to have 100 friends. That's it. You know, it reaches 100. I'm cutting it off. Now I'm at 1500, you know, and it's just like, and I don't know where all these people are coming from. Like, I don't know. 
I don't know where they see my name. Like, I don't know if Facebook is, is suggesting like me or something. Like, I don't all, know. All, just all, like, all, all it takes is for them to uh, like and friend like a half dozen comic book people. Then it just starts suggesting is that every, anybody like, that has anything to do with comics. What, whether it's you know, it's really weird to me. It's like creator, I, reviewer, uh, you know, retailer. Because I don't really put myself out there a whole lot. You know, I'm gonna be honest with you. You're probably the only podcast or or interview I've done in a year and a half. I mean, I just don't do a whole lot of these because I never really got into comics to be on TV. Because a lot of people tell me all the time, they're like, man, why don't you do a YouTube channel? YouTube, 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 bro. I'm like, man, I don't want to do YouTube. I have no desires in my life to do YouTube. I mean, I'm just, I just, I don't. And I know that's kind of the way the industry is going now with, with creators. Mm-hmm. Is that fans want a more intimate, like, relationship with their the creators yeah they want more interaction yeah but for me i just look why do you want to hear me talk for an hour i mean there's just i don't i don't have that much that's that important to hear (laughs) you know and i plus i could rather be actually drawing or or doing or making comics in that amount of time and instead of the time i'm 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 doing a youtube now i'm like doing stuff like me and you are doing that's awesome and i would do these more often if i could uh but i don't know how these these creators do these youtubes where they have a show every day you know what i'm saying like i don't know how they get anything done like i don't know i'm i'm, I'm so confused how how do you get 15 20 pages worth of art done when you're do, do you not have a life anywhere else like is it I don't. I mean, you know what my <laughs> wife would do to me if that's all I did was YouTube, and I mean, I would never see my kids. I would never, I would never see my wife. I mean, I again, I go back to maybe I'm just bad, and I am pretty bad at like managing my time. I'm I'm horrible at that. I mean, that's I'm not gonna. That's just truth. That's who I am. I've never been the greatest at at my personal time. Like I can manage people (laughs) if you give me because i used to be a supervisor i can i can supervise people and manage their time wisely but if you ask me to manage my time you know and yeah i can't do it i'll end up on facebook or i'll end up on twitter getting into some stupid argument that ain't got nothing to do with anything and before long you know you don't spent two hours on Facebook doing nothing. You basically wasted your time and your day doing nothing, you know, and, uh, and that's the same thing with YouTube. Them guys are on there. I mean, look at like Ethan Van Skyver, dude, he's on freaking YouTube. God knows. 24 hours a day, like four hours a day. Like this dude is always on. It's like, so like I, I've seen him a few times because, uh, one, uh, I saw like one episode about three months ago because he had uh, he had Graham Nolan on. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm friends with Graham, so when when the episode went live, I got summarily tagged because Graham Nolan was in a post, and I go, 
oh, what's going on here? And I can see it's a video. And I, I click on the video. I go, oh, it's that Ethan guy that never showed up to sign my Green Lantern comics in Boston. Great. Yeah. I, and, you know, I'm not a, a trust. I'm not an EVS fan. That's not. I just, for me, I know he is on that freaking YouTube more than anybody I have ever seen in my life. Like, I I don't know how that dude functions outside of YouTube. I mean, I, I, I'm truly, it's like they live on it. Like, it's a drug or something. Like, they so, need that. So, what he did is, I mean, he has taken the, uh, the, late, the Lady Death motto to like the next level because all he does is like basically the same comics over and over but with 70 billion types of variants well dude he makes so much money off of one kickstarter yeah. i don't even know why he needs to work the rest of the year and ethan's done the same thing like he wrote uh he wrote and drew the the like this his newest book uh you know bringing back his his yeah, IP from the frog. 90s cyber frog uh wrecked planet uh cyber frog 3 wrecked planet he did that issue and he just kept it up and up and up and up and it hit you know it's it's hit like well over a million dollars yeah i mean that's like his second or third book that's made like a million bucks and i and just, then i don't understand on, on top of that then he hits up uh, a new uh, like modeling design company that does like like D&D stuff and like Mezco style like action figures and they design action figures for Wrecked Planet so now he's got another one going for that and then he took all of his 90s cyber frogs and put them together into this big giant hardcover which is ludicrously priced um but all of his fans are gonna well, his whole fan base is gonna get re-energized when that goes up like on indiegogo and you know drop a hundred you know they're all dropped like three or four hundred dollars on that because they're gonna want the the extra well, did you ever hear the advice jim ballot gave out i don't know do you remember jim ballot the guy oh, yeah that woman way back in the day he yeah. always swore if you could get two thousand faithful fans, just two thousand, and these faithful fans would buy anything you sold, like t-shirts, sort of like what what Ethan's doing. If mm -hmm. you could just find two thousand people, you could you were set for the rest of your life. Like they would, as long as you just kept out, you know, putting out. Like if you put out a poster this week or a poster next week, they would still buy. You know. It would still generate income. Um, and Ethan has just taken that to a whole nother level. He's, I, and I, dude, I, I'm not a big fan of Ethan. I think he causes drama to, to cause drama, you know. Oh, yeah. And I don't think the industry needs that. I think it, you know, we have enough drama going on. We need peacemakers right at this particular mm -hmm. point in time. Uh, but I, I got to give it to Ethan. I mean, the dude is making money hand over fist. I mean, he, he's a businessman. He knows what he's doing. You know, if you're willing to do what he's doing, and that's making a lot of enemies on, on one side or a lot of enemies on the other side and 
always poking the bear or always stirring the nest. I can't live that way. Like I just it it takes too much energy, man. I mean, I, I just you know because like I said, he's already made two or three million dollars off of doing. How much more you need to make? Like I mean, off of one book, just put yeah. it out now. Just put the book out. Well, I mean, why would I even? Why would I even bother wasting my days on a YouTube? when I'm sitting on bank like that, like what, I don't understand the, there has to be a point where you, you've made enough. You understand what I'm saying? Where mm -hmm. you, you've, and I'm not saying he can't make more money. I'm just saying find another outlet to, to do it instead of keep doing the same rhetoric over and over and over. Oh yeah. Well, uh, well like Kickstarter is set up. So if you're lucky, you can, you can, run four of them a year well yeah because the spots are limited and you get to time it right and you know it well he has it down to a science i'll give it to him like i said the guy the guy's a businessman he knows what he's doing he knows what his fan base wants and he knows what to sell them okay now i'm not going to be one of those people that goes out and buys you know a collection of cyber fraud you know old stories put into one book that's not nope. me i'm not gonna it, do it it's but, not me either because you know i own all the originals <laughs> yeah i mean but i know that there there are a ton of guys out there that that will you know mm -hmm. and he'll probably make millions off of that one too i mean it'll be you know and he wouldn't have put any kind of work into it it was it's not and i again i'm not if I could make a million dollars off of selling gun ghoul, the same story over and over and over, I, you know, I can't say I wouldn't do it, but I would, you know, think at some point in time, I would just go, man, let's find something. I'm getting bored. See, that's my thing. I would get bored with it. I'd be like, you know, mm -hmm. I like moving forward with things and not, yeah, I got to create something else now. Yeah. Not, not just being stagnant and being the same thing over and over and over and over. I can't, I can't do that kind of stuff. It doesn't, it doesn't work for me. And, uh, yeah. And I mean the whole comics gate thing too, and all that stuff, I, but I'll tell you something, them comics gate guys are making money. I mean, they're making, mm -hmm. they're making bank hand over fist. So, so I mean, they're making, they're they're making bank cause they, you know, like you said, you get 2000 people, you're set for life. Yeah. And I mean, loyal fans. Just about everybody in there um, is, you know, I can understand the first line of rhetoric he always spits out, except it's not just that. And it was the fact that we wanted any, we didn't want anything to do with the agendas that both, you know, the big two are doing now. I just, you know, we just want to make good comics. Yeah, I mean that's all it's ever been for me. It's like you I know, can less about yeah, that's all it is for you. For him, that's what he says, but yeah. he's you know waging war on like three different fronts for whatever reason. Maybe maybe he you know was a wrestling fan back in the eighties, and you know NWO well, yeah. came around and uh, yeah. what, what's his name? Controversy creators in our own story. Ain't that what it is? We're all heroes in our own stories. You know, yeah, it's like, look, you know, I, I, 
I mean, the whole comic book stuff is so stupid anyways. It's like people getting death threats and getting, you know, oh, yeah. canceled stuff over, over just stupid stuff, man. It's like, grow up. It's like, it's, I'm not a kid. I mean, I'm a grown man that's done grown man things. I don't, I don't play this whole cancel culture, bend the knee. Malarkey. Malarkey. I mean, it just don't work with me just because, look, man, I'm too old to part with that stuff, man. I mean, it's like I told you, I mean, I'm just too, who's got the energy to do it? Like, I just don't know where these people get the, the energy to, because it takes energy to hate people. You understand? Like it takes, oh, yeah. <laughs> it takes energy to hate somebody. And to, I, I, to, I think that's, I think that's why there's so many fronts, you know, between mainstream media, social media, blah, 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 you know, getting everybody like all kooky in their heads because it goes, well, you know, they're going to be too tired to do anything. And if, you know, it's not like a three second thing on their phone, then, you know, they well, don't yeah, have the energy for it, you know. Well, yeah. But see, for me, my answer has always been, if you don't like something that's being done, then do it yourself. See, that's why I did independent comics. Because it wasn't that I, I, I hated Marvel or DC. I just wanted to do it myself. You know, I, I look, if you want if you want certain stories, do it. Do what you want. I mean, it's not that hard nowadays. I mean, it really is not as difficult to oh, make. It's, it's the easiest time in history to make a comic book right. if you wanted to make a comic book. It's like, dude, you're you're fighting. It's like you said. You know, he says he's fighting on these three fronts, and it's like, dude, you're not fighting anything now because I mean, the internet. You can't you can't cancel anybody in comics anymore. Trust me, I've had two sides try to cancel me. And yet here I am. I'm still standing. And and a lot of it has to do with the fact is you, you just you can't run me off the Internet. I mean, you just it's not as I mean, you, I guess you could, but it would be awful hard to do. Uh, and it's just it's 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 the false. Standard to think you can stop somebody from making a comic. I mean, you just you can't do it. You just, I mean, you might be able to stop them in getting it into like comic book shops, but dude, comic book shops are dying. I'm telling you right now, if the industry doesn't find a way to grow and change, comic book shops are going to be dead in, in a year. And I mean, I'm saying you quote me I, on that. I, in a I, year. I think this year killed about half of the comic shops nationwide. Like well, they're. I, I, I think a clo close to half of them are, like, done. If they can't find a way to bring these independent books that are being made for Kickstarter and Indiegogo, if these shops cannot find a way to get this new stuff into their shops, I think their shops will die because people will stop going to comic book shops because they can just buy whatever they want from these creators that are creating new things and not the same rhetoric over and over and over. And they didn't got to go nowhere. It's sent to their home. There's no hassle. There's no look the well, writing is on the wall. Like, I, I, don't I, know think, I think right now. Ooh, uh, I think right now 
indie comics are bigger than they've ever been right now. There's, I mean, I started doing this podcast like over six months ago. This is episode 57. Wow. And, I, and you know, and so, so I've been doing like three to five of these a week. Oh, the indie market is huge. And yeah, I mean, so, the indie market has so, a lot of talent too, is the other thing too. It's not like, it's not like when I was first doing it where indie guys were not always that talented. You understand mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like there was a lot of, I went to FedEx and I photocopied 15 uh, ash cans. Now I'm an indie guy, you know, it's not like that. I mean, you have to actually produce a, a, a product that looks like a mm -hmm. finished product. Um, and it's not like 20 years ago where, where you would have to pray that diamond would let you list your, your book for priest for pre-orders in the big catalog. And then you would have to, you know, priests, you know, get you people to, to pre-order 2,500 yep. issues, and you have to make sure you pay them for advertisement. Trust me, I mm -hmm. went through all that, man. I can tell you the ins and yeah, outs. And it's like, and and, ba and back then, you had to make and print the books yourself right. up front before you could even list it because it had to be ready to ship in case you got the orders. Let me tell you, people have no idea like how it was back in the, man, dude, there were some... And it you know, was real work. Now, man, you got it made in the shape. You got it like so easy. It's not even funny. Like it, you, you're not even. It's not even the same ballpark. I mean, it's not. You listen. There was a lot of times you would go to a show and selling twenty copies. You would consider that a great weekend. You know, mm -hmm. like that was. That was the the because nobody ever heard of you. I mean, nobody ever knew what an independent comic was back then. Like they never knew what, you know. It's not like the internet. They can see gun gold pictures everywhere now. You know, you can go somewhere and and, and see a, a pic and go, hey man, that's cool. What is that? It's not used to be that way, you know. So there's no recognition of what the characters were back then. I mean, you literally had to be a salesman. You had to be like, hey, come here, come here to my table. Come here, come here, come here. You know, you had to. Oh, yeah. That snake oil salesman. That, that Yeah, you had to work like a carnival barker. Yeah, to sell 20 copies. That's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, you busted your hump to sell 20 issues or something. And that was part of building the fan base, though. That was part of, you know, what it. And, of course, you don't do any of that now because Kickstarter takes away from the cons, you know, you, and, and now all you got to do is drop a link on every Facebook page, a person, you know, and there you go. You got a hundred people advertising for you for free. You know, it's like, man. Yeah, and, and every time, every time somebody pledges, the first thing they do, the first thing that happens is that box, the box with the confetti pops up yep. and they're they're asking you to tell everybody about this wonderful project you just backed on on Twitter and Instagram and and Reddit and Facebook and blah 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 and you know before you know it you know you've just done like $50 worth of free advertising for nope, a book that you want to read. Dude, you got people advertising for you now that 
you never would have had advertising like those 20 copies I sold them 20 people wouldn't have went out and went man look at this great comic I just bought look 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 you need to go buy this you need to go buy this no but that's how it works now now they buy it and online and uh, then they post it up look what I did and it gets to a hundred 200 different more people than what and that's what I'm saying is comic book shops are gonna have to learn that diamond is not the only fish in the sea anymore. They're gonna, and I don't know the answer. Trust me, I've tried. I, I've really been trying to figure out a distribution because I think that's the biggest problem for any independent guy right now is distribution. So here, here's something I want to bring up because, and I haven't heard back from them, so I don't know, you know, what's going on with their platform. But uh, Mike and Mindy Wheeler started a platform called uh, IndieCrowdFund.com, which is targeting stores. Yeah, they they closed it down? Yeah, I don't know the full story. I mean, I was supposed to be one of the guys that launched on it. Uh, Well, I know they closed it down because they had had problems with, with processing. And then they supposedly cleared it up and it was, you know, it was moving forward again. Then I lost touch with them. The, there was some indie guys that they were dealing with that was being very difficult. Um, I'm not exactly sure who I didn't get into it. I didn't ask because I just, I I try to stay away from that drama, you know, Mm -hmm. but I also know whenever you deal with creators and creative types, especially with indie guys because we like being in charge that's why we're indie you know we don't Mm -hmm. like taking we don't like supervisors that's why we're running our own companies Uh, it's very hard to deal with people sometimes that are in that mindset and i think many of them they were trying to get something started that was really good it could have really helped the conservative side of the track. I just think people were expecting too much from the get-go. Like everything has to build up. You can't you can't build Kickstarter overnight. Kickstarter didn't just build oh, yeah. overnight. Okay, so um, and some of those people were having good sales. I mean, they'd already sold like ten thousand dollars worth of books off of that in crowd or that indie crowd fund whatever it was that many of them were doing mm-hmm. so it wasn't like they weren't making money off of it so i'm not really sure what the what the creators will have an issue with um but i know whatever it was it really ticked mindy and mike off to the point where neither one of them want to work with independent creators anymore <laughs> so they pretty much decided they're not gonna they're not gonna uh we tried we tried to help you all yeah all all, uh, unbelievable bleepity bleeps and we're done that's that's pretty much that's pretty much it i mean i again i don't know i mean like there's two sides to every story but i know from experience dealing with creators can be especially indie guys again it goes back to that whole I'm in charge of my own product. 
you know, I want my product to look this way. I want it to be presented that way. If you can't present it that way, then I'm going to, you know, uh, where for me, I'm a little bit more flexible. I'm kind of like, look, you guys are building this platform. I, whatever you need from me, I'll do whatever you need me to do. I mean, I, was it, pretty it much was, it, I, I thought it was supposed to basically be uh, an internet showcase where you could show your book in this glass showcase that was their platform and all these stores that they, that they went to the trouble of rounding up that all wanted indie books because they sell really well. And then that's what it was supposed to be. Cause I know for a fact, there were a bunch of shops that were ordering from them. So, well, that, I mean, that they set up to where comic book shops were going to order. And like I said, I don't know. And I really don't know who it was. Uh, cause I would probably call them out if I thought, you know, mainly because look, man, somebody's trying to do something nice. Don't be a dick. I mean, don't be, yeah. a, don't be a, you, you, you ruined a good thing for the rest of us that just wanted to show off our, you know, show off our product. And you know, if they, if they liked it, they contacted us. We did a deal. I shipped out a big case of books to somebody and, you know, day over. Well, that's what I'm saying is they just didn't need, I mean, they're, Many of them didn't sign up to, to be treated like crap by anybody. Like nobody has a right to oh, do yeah. that to anybody. So it's kind of like, dude, you know, your ego. And, they, and, and, they, I, know, and they, I know a lot of people that they were dealing with. And I'm not just saying is I was probably in the top four name wise. Okay. As far as recognition. So these other people were not big enough names to be dictating, hey, you're going to do it whatever way I want. You understand what I'm saying? Like, Yeah. I want to dictate policy. How many yeah. books have you made? Uh, counting this one? One. Yeah. It's like, I, I don't, I don't know these guys. They, and you know, sometimes it's always that way. You know, you try to do something nice and people just take advantage of the situation. Yeah. That's why we can't have nice things. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's well, no, that's Congress. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> and that but, goes all the way down the system, brother. You know. Oh, it, I know. It's, it's but sad. I mean, the, the parody book that they had done, Boobs, yeah, how, could boob, how could Boobs not sell? Well, it did. It sold like $12,000 worth of... Yeah. Well, you know why? It was, it was the collective down in Florida, Danny talk to the owner of the collective and that that like 10 grand worth of that 10 to 13 no 13 plus thousand dollars worth worth of books is all just in order for that store wow that's one order and then well, and then I mean, and then like a hand then a handful of other people do it and they were gonna they were gonna flip all the profits from that book and put it back into that platform I personally felt like it was going to be a good platform. I thought it could have done a lot of good for, mm -hmm. for, for conservatives as well as for the comic book industry in general. Cause I think, you know, again, I, like I said, somewhere along the line, these comic book shops are going to have to figure out how to get these independent. Cause if you don't get any fresh blood into the industry, it's going to die. Like it, mm -hmm. it's, it's going to die. Like, it I, might not I, I, a hole, 
I fully expect my LCS to go down because, and I mean, I love him. He's, he's like a, the guy, the owner, the owner of the shop now is like a brother to me. Um, he was, he was originally a guy that was brought in as a manager for the original owner and the original owner was like, yeah, I'm all set with the comic book industry. So, uh, you can either go out and get a real job or you can buy the shop from me. So he bought the shop from him. And this, this shop has been in business for over 35 years. Wow. I, I found it when I was 15. Started working there too. Then well, the only, then the only realized I was, I was showing up to do backstock, uh, you know, in the middle of the school day, cause I'd rather bunk school and go hang out at the comic book store. You, you can't come in here until after three 30. You're going to get me in trouble. Uh, but his, his clientele base now is for the most part, strictly nothing but Marvel in DC. Well, that's because diamond doesn't sell anything else. Really? I mean, they do, but they don't. I mean, they, the market in general pushes Marvel and DC. That's what, Oh yeah. I mean, it's almost like the Republican and Democrat thing. It's like you only, mm -hmm. there's more than two parties that exist. You realize that? Oh, yeah. In reality, in reality, we know that. But what are we sold? We're sold. The two party system, party, yeah. You know, and it's the same way with comics. I mean, because really, people don't even talk about image anymore. When's the last time you heard anybody talk about image? And uh, the last, the last, well, I hear about image all the time because I, I get, you know, the PR stuff and all that of a, you know, all the other crap in. Right. But uh, uh, the last big news that was something besides, ooh, this book's going back to print and we're doing 30 more covers. Um, be besides that was the uh, Chadwick Bozeman cover that uh, Todd oh, did yeah, on, on Spawn that dropped yeah, this week. Spawn. Yeah, no, I yeah. do remember that. I do remember that. But I mean, that was a special. Yeah. That was a special. You know, but I couldn't tell you any new books that come out from Image. I couldn't tell you the last time I even bought a book from Image. Um, the last, well, they've got a lot of big sellers, but it's it's a key niche. It's like you've got people that are kind of like they're reading like maybe the main stories in DC. So, you know, they're reading, you know, the Joker War, or the, or they read like these two or three books from DC, and they read like you know these one or two books from Marvel, and I'm like, not for nothing. If you're not read, if you're not reading, if if you're a, if you're a Marvel fan and you're not reading, uh, the new Hope, the new Hulk series, which is like the best thing that they've done in like the last ten years, then you know. Why are you buying those books? But you remember back in the day, you know, Image, <clears throat> that was the place to be creator on. Like, I mean, oh, yeah. If you Every, could, everybody went there. You could sell 100,000 copies of a book of characters that nobody ever even knew about, you know, never even heard of. Now you're lucky to sell 5,000 copies from Image. Okay, and that's what I'm saying is like image doesn't even have that that power anymore. They're they've got kind of lost in the they've lost their identity. You know, yeah, kind of they, got, they, got, they got lost in the, they got lost in the shuffle. 
Well, they know, turned cause... into like a dark horse. You know, that's, they've turned into. Yeah, they have. And, and it's like, and nothing against dark horse, but dark horse has never been a, a, a force in the industry. You know, they've always been consistent. You know, mm-hmm. they've consistently stayed exactly where they're at, you know, but they've never. They've never changed the industry. They've never they've never given people something where they go, oh, my God, I got to have that. And I know you can say Hellboy, but see, I give that more to Mike McNola than I do Dark Horse. He could have took that book anywhere and it would have sold. It wouldn't matter if it was a Dark Horse or if it was that image or if it was that IDW or whatever. You know, Mike McNola has his own fan base that would have sold wherever he went so yeah i don't really consider dark horse is that his fans will buy no matter you know anything no matter what he does yeah so you know you know even even now his his name is mostly on on those books just as the creator he's you know half the time he's not doing anything on them so well that goes back to the whole ethan thing he's just making money off of stories that's already been done or you know, mm-hmm. because it's you know you get to a point where you're just tired of of really putting in the work, man. You know, you can if you can dial it in and make a million dollars until until fans start demanding more, and that that's what's got to happen. And I yeah. mean that this too. You know, they're gonna have to go to their comic book shops and start going. Hey man, I see all this stuff on Kickstarter and they're like really cool books. Like, why are we getting any of this? Like in the shops? Like, why why can't I I don't want to have to order it from somebody I don't know? You know, why can't and I almost every single Kickstarter or Indiegogo uh all have they the, the smart ones all put up retailer tears. Some of them do. That's been a new trend. Now, and that, it used to not be that way, but that has become a newer trend where they do the, what, like $200 packet where you can buy something like 20, 20 copies or something like, I don't know how. I don't yeah, know it, all, it, all, it all depends. The, you know, they, 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 they play around with it and, you know, go back and forth. Um, some of them, some of them will even offer like, you know, an in-store signing, you know, but then those guys are like located in Florida. So like, well, we're doing in-store signing, but you have to be within well, 90, problem, 90 minutes problem, of our base. And the problem that's going to happen with these guys with the comic shops and the Kickstarter stuff is with Diamond, you know, these shops used to get, 55%, 65% off the the cover price. Okay. Whereas that meant the creator was making about 40% off of each. Say if I sold a book for $3.99, I was making a dollar fifty or dollar twenty-five per book after Diamond took their their cut. Mm-hmm. Um, but but Diamond was wasn't just taking their cut. They were taking a cut from the retailer, right? And they retailer, were taking a cut taking from the creator, right? Slash publisher, and they took know. it from both sides. They were getting it every way they could get it. But yeah, see, they're, they're dealing they with the Kickstarter, they're not going to be able to get those kind of percentages. Like it's not going to be. You're not going to have you're not going to have a fifty five to sixty percent discount on. 
but you're still going to make a profit. See, that's the thing is some of these comic book shops are going to have to understand. It's like, dude, you might not be able to make 55% off of it, but you can still make 45% and you're building your, your business back up. Like, yeah, even, even at 40%, you're still, you're still making money. Right. Even at 40%, you're still making money. So it's like, instead of, instead of looking at it, because I'll be honest with you too, a lot of, and I've dealt with so many comic book shop owners and I love them to death, but a lot of these people are not businessmen. <laughs> they are fans of comics and they, they just want to sell comics. All right. Mm -hmm. They don't really know much about business. They just, they, they love comics and that's what their dream was, was they wanted to own a comic book shop and sell comics. And so when it comes to the business side of things, they're not always as informed as they should be about things. And so when you tell them you're only going to be able to make 40% off of it, what they hear is, well, I'm losing 15%. You know, I'm losing 50% of my sales. And it's like, dude, you can't comics is dying. Okay. This industry is dying. If, if you don't, if you don't bend some, you're going to break. Okay. There's not going to be, that's, that's for everybody. It's not just for your one little shop. I'm talking everybody across the board. It won't be the creators because we'll still have Indiegogo and we'll still have Kickstarter. You're not going to have your shop. That's what's going to happen is you're not going to have it because People will be able to go to Amazon or eBay to buy their Marvel stuff, you know. So, and I'm surprised Marvel has not done this yet. And where they've just, uh, you know, did an open market on their website where you could just each week order your new stuff from them direct, you know, and not even deal with Diamond or, and I'm telling you, it's going to come sooner or later. It's going to happen. And if, if comic book shop owners don't try to figure out a way, and I'm not saying I know the way, because like I said, I've really tried to figure out some kind of way for distribution for these independent books to get into comic book shops. And I haven't been able to find it because I just, either I don't have the resources or I just don't have the knowledge to do it. But it, something's going to have to give like sooner or later, there's going to have to be something on the side of the comic book shop owners that they're going to, they're going to have to give in. Like it, it's just, it, it's, it's the way of the dinosaur, you know, either you're going to give into it or you're going to die. It's not going to be, it's not going to be, I refuse to, well, you can refuse to do it. I mean, but it's like you said, how many comic shops have already, crashed and burned this year i mean i can't imagine big name ones too if if things keep going the way they're going i mean even if even if by november you know everything is is turned back to normal you know everybody's like all right you can get out you can start doing things it's still going to take months to recover from this eight months of not being able to do anything mm -hmm. so just because people can go out does not mean comic book shops are going to be okay now that, that's and that's what i'm saying is they don't understand this as a as as the industry is changing it's like and the industry is changing it's whether like i said whether we like it because i don't even like it 
you know, I like comic book shops. I want comic book shops to succeed. You know, I want to see, I want to see many of them open up. Like if I saw them on every street corner, I'd be happy with me. You know, I love comic book shops, but I just don't think they're not, they're not, there's no legitimate way to keep them around doing it the same way you're doing it through diamond. It's just diamond is diamond killed the industry. I mean, yeah. I'm, I hate diamond. Diamond needs to go under. And yeah. I mean, they are the worst thing that ever happened to comics. I don't care what anybody talks to me about. I'll tell you if anybody ever said anything to me about what's the worst thing that ever happened to comics diamond diamond is the worst thing that could have ever happened to comic books. And, uh, they're never going to let go. You know, they're never going to let go until, like you said, unless they go under. And I don't know how he hadn't gone under. I don't know how they hadn't gone under, to be honest with you. I don't know where they're making their money. I I think he's like neck deep in in debt right now. Well, and two, if he does go under again, that's going to, that's going to hurt the rest of the industry because we got no other distribution out there. And these shops, what are they going to do? And this is what I'm saying in that something else. If they have to order independently from each publisher, then, you know. Well, they'll never be able to do it because these publishers aren't even set up to do that kind of stuff. Like, you just, you'd be mailing out too many. I mean, in New York alone, how many comic book shops are there? I mean, Lord. Not as many as there were. It would take forever just to mail out the ones that are in New York. You couldn't do it. That's what I'm saying is unless you have a distribution center set up, you just couldn't. And that's where Diamond has really screwed the pooch. And it's really hurt us that there's been no kind of uh, competition with Diamond. Well, you also have um, the thing with DC where they had split between the two smaller distributors and one was one was Midtown and Midtown sucks so bad. Well, they, I mean, they've, never, they've never booked, they've never met a book they haven't damaged, you know, kind of like Diamond. Uh, <laughs> but they cut, they cut ties, you know, DC cut ties with them and so now, the only the only dis- distributor they have is uh, LSU or whatever it's called, and so they're like, you can still if you were getting distributed through Midtown's distribution center, which is of course called something else for tax purposes, uh, you can still order through them through November, but November first is the cutoff date. And then you have to open an account with this other guy, with this other distribution center, or you're no longer going to be selling DC comics. See, and that's the problem. To to, to which the answer from that distributor was, oh, wait, there's more. If you don't order a minimum of $500 a month, of DC product, you don't get anything. 
you have to order a minimum $500 a month of DC product. And if you fall short, I think like one month, like three months in, if you fall short on any month, they, they shut you down and penalize you like a month with no books. And then when, then when you stop back up again, you have to pay them for all those late books that you now can't sell because they wouldn't ship them to you. So now all of the customers of the DC products went someplace else. See, that's not very professional. See, and that's and, another thing. It's like it's, and they're and they're laying this out so it it's perfectly timed to screw the pooch, because now the five G thing that Dan Dio was got, supposedly gonna launch before they booted him, they reworked it to make it so nothing but two month two straight months of no no actual issues of any DC comics. There are all these uh, Elseworld stories for two months. And does DC tell great Elseworld stories? Of course they do. But most people aren't going to sign up to buy all these Elseworld issues for two months. And then all those stores are out of business as far as DC Comics goes. Well, I don't think those books are going to sell anyways. No. I mean, I mean just, just like any, you know. The whole black Batman and the whole. Big, Oh, get out of here. With the whole that. freaking Wonder Woman from Brazil. The Amazon, you know, uh, I was already, and, and that character that the uh, Brazilian Amazon uh, Wonder Woman has already appeared in Wonder Woman Annual 4. Just saying. I mean, I'm just saying it's just these things are not creative. They're no. not, you're not doing anything. It, it's garbage. It's all I mean, I have a problem with them like changing Batman, but if you're gonna change Batman, then he needs to be either like Dick Grayson or Tim Drake or uh Damien. I mean, mm -hmm. these are the guys that were robbing, and these were the guys that were meant to take the cow. You know, mm -hmm. this whole agenda, well, I'm gonna make him black because it needs to be a black Batman is just stupid. I mean, you got milestone, which it's has characters. Well, I mean, the milestone characters are awesome, and they have them at DC. They own all of them, but they don't do anything with them. They're supposed to be relaunching some of them. I mean, they're all good. I mean, they're all good characters. They're all good story ideas, and it's like there's no reason to butcher the characters you have established when you have other characters that are as good you know but they just need the tread you know they need dc to get behind them and push them as like good books and put you know good artists and good writers on them and and you know instead of instead of going well we're going to cheap out on it and just make batman black because everybody will buy batman anyway so you know it's just stupid man it's like i at some point in time i would think black people would get tired of being just treated like second class citizen. Like, look, man, you don't even deserve a new character. We're just gonna we're gonna sell you this regurgitated nonsense. And it's like mm -hmm. and it's horrible. I don't know why they do that. Like I don't know I don't know what in their mind thinks where they think that this is a good idea 
and it's just it's just not man it's like man people deserve better than that it's like especially yeah. from dc like dc yeah. man and, you're and, to have and, all these and, ideas he had the first black superhero with black lightning well dude like i said they have so many great black characters as he is mm -hmm. it's like i just don't know i don't get it i don't understand where they're going why they felt like this was a, a road they needed to travel down and you know again it goes back to agenda driven you're you're acting like you're really doing something but you're not you know it's not you're not really doing anything for the black community by doing this you're, if you really want to do something for the black community then give them real heroes that that they can relate to and that are you know good characters quit giving them regurgitated nonsense you know it's like it don't it just doesn't make it and marvel does the same thing marvel do oh, yeah. you know it's, it's the same it's easier for these people to change characters like if, if because they know one real comic book fans are not going to buy a brand new gay character i'm telling you that right now it's not going to mm -hmm. sell in the market so what do they do they take a character like Iceman and they turn him gay because they know he's already got a fan base. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, and they know they might lose half the fan base, but if they can sell it to, you know, the other half, well, that's still half more than they would have had if they had created an original character that was gay. And they can still say, hey, I, look, you know, we're, we have gay characters. You know, it's yeah, all. They did the same thing with uh, Atlan Scott, Golden Age Green Green Lantern. Yeah, I mean, it's all it's all a facade. It's all this idea of first they want to they want you to believe that it's something that needs to be in the market, which it doesn't. It doesn't mm -hmm. need to be in the market because look, me and you have already said this time and time again. If you want to make a comic, you can make a comic. All right there are plenty of gay creators out there. If they want, want to create gay comics, they can do it and they can sell it. All right. It, it, it is that simple. It is nothing magical, whimsical or, or difficult about it. You know, this idea that the only way a gay comic is going to sell is if DC or Marvel turns one of their main characters. It's just stupid, man. It's the dumbest thing I have ever in my life. It's, it's like going, you know, people don't really care about the sexuality. Well, if that was true, then why do you need to change his sex? Like, it, there was no, there would be no reason to change him gay if people didn't care about the sexuality of characters. If, if that played no prominent role in, I mean, in they, what the character brought, does. They brought the modern Batwoman in. Well, yeah, she don't and, sell any books. And, you know, she was gave her off the bat. She sold when, she sold during the New 52 run, and after, you know, after that initial run, it's like, yep, the thrill is gone. We're good. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's always, you'll get that, you'll get that new sticker sale, you know, which is like, like you said, it's the, we got to buy everything because it's new, you know. Um, but once that's said and done, nobody, I mean, what do I, how am I going to relate to a lesbian Batgirl or Batwoman? Look, man, I don't know nothing about no lesbian Batwoman. 
Uh, and, and so no story that she's, you know, you tell that that's going to show me what her struggles are or whatever. I'm not going to relate to. I mean, that's just not, I'm not going to relate to it because I'm not a lesbian. I'm not, you know, it, it doesn't work that way. And that's what main characters are. You know, these are, these are the, the people we relate to and, you know, we share the story with, you know, these are the, 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 the characters that we go, man, I could be like Spider-Man. I know what it's like to, to have a, a, a blue collar job and, and being treated like crap and, you know, just want to be doing the right thing and see, we can relate to that. But now if you said, but Peter Parker, he loves all these white dudes and, and you know, he sees all these guys as sexy. Well, no, I wouldn't understand. I, no, if you try to, if you try, if you try to put him into a romantic situation where he's, he's, I could not relate to that. I'll be like, no, no, that's sick. I don't want to, I don't, I, I, I don't want to relate to it. Like it's, it's not. And that's my point is like, you can't, you can't force this kind of, uh, acceptance. I, I well, maybe it shouldn't be acceptance. I don't know what the right word to be. Cause it, it's just relativity. Is that what I mean? Like, you know, it's, it's just not, yeah, rel- it's, they're, they're not relevant. Pand- to me. They're pandering to, a certain crowd of people that well they don't even buy the comics for the for the most part you know just just like all the vegans screaming about you know mcdonald's needs to have healthier options why you've never eaten a mcdonald's a day in your life shut up and go back to whole foods yeah go to whole foods why are you trying to ruin it for the people that eat mcdonald's what i mean why does that bother you so much like why does it bother you that i need a white heterosexual batman why does that frustrate you so bad like what is it what is it about me having that role model that that ticks you off so much like why do you feel that i have to have a gay role model why i mean i don't i don't i don't say you have to have a christian role model i don't i don't go around saying hey you know if you're not reading straight white men comics then you know you need to be, you know, it's just, it don't make any sense to me. It's like, I don't, I don't, I understand in there to some point they're trying to, to, to get people more accepting, but, but I don't think people go around hating gay people anymore. I mean, it might used to be that way, but dude, it's not, I don't know not one person that hates a gay, gay people in my flock of friends. Like, I don't know. I just don't know these people. And well, cause it, it's because nowadays just about everybody's got a relative somewhere down the chain that is. Well, it's not just that, but it's, see, to me, it's like, I just don't care. Like, I don't care what you I do. I don't care either. You know, like, like, do what you want to do. But what the problem comes in is when you're trying to force me to say that it's a natural thing and i'm never going to say that because it's not natural it was never meant to be that way but now again that doesn't stop you from doing it you can do whatever you want to do but and see that's where well yeah well yeah but i mean it just goes back to i don't know it's crazy to me man it is but you know it's it's them 
pandering to various groups that are the loudest on Twitter. Well, yeah, the mentality that Twitter is actually real life. That's the other thing that's really stupid. Mm -hmm. Like Twitter is not real life. Like real mature people don't live on Twitter. Like that's just Twitter I, is with I I I go on Twitter to share this stuff. Yeah, that's all I do too. Yeah, like if I'll, I'm on there. I'll share the links. I'll tag our uh sponsor Stinwiz Comics. Uh anybody else. Like I've I've done a I didn't think I did this many, but apparently like last week I did like a half dozen uh of what I call uh, five minute reviews. They're never five minutes. Uh <laughs> But, Nothing you know, ever five minutes. You realize we've been on here for almost three hours. Ain't that crazy? That's what happens when you get a couple of old Gabby guys. <laughs> uh, but you know it. You know it just goes goes with you know that mentality, and a lot of it is you know just keyboard warriors, which is where you got the you know the all this cancel culture crap. And the only funny thing about cancel culture is. Now it's going around a full 360 degrees and it's biting the people that started it. Well, yeah, I mean, they always right, eat their own. Right, right yeah. in the rear. So, you know, it's like, oh, you're going to feed on yourselves now? Okay, go ahead. We'll be over here doing whatever. Well, that's what I'm saying. And, you know, it always, you know, you, dude, you're always going to feed on yourself. I mean, sooner or later, you're the snake that eats its own tail. And I mm -hmm. mean... You can't be, and this goes back to being negative all the time and always hating people and always pushing the, the, the hate. And, you know, if you don't stop doing that kind of stuff, it, it bites you in the rear end. I mean, it, it literally, you know, it will consume you to where everything is hateful. Even the things you're supposed to love becomes mm -hmm. hateful. You know, it's, it's, it's a, it's an evil beast, man. And I mean, America is right now. We're in the midst of it, brother. Like we, we, everybody is supposed to hate everybody, and everybody's a victim. Everybody's, yep. uh, everybody should be millionaires, and everybody should be, you know. Every day, I stick my head out the window and wonder what chapter of Revelations this is, brother. I mean, I, I'm, you know. This year has been an eye opener. If people haven't opened their eyes from this year, I don't know. I don't know what's going to open your eyes. Like I don't know. I, truly, I have no clue. Because I, I never thought I would live in a time like we're in right now. I never in my forty nine years of being alive would have thought America weren't one would have rights like we have in the streets and two. And they're letting them get away with it. Yeah, nobody's being arrested and nobody's going to jail and, you know, and this goes for all our, our political people, too. You know, they get, they get away with crimes every day that me and you wouldn't have gotten away with. And mm -hmm. it's like there's just no justice. You don't see any justice anymore in general. And I think that's a bad thing for any country when when there's no justice. You know, you you as a society, I think you, you start going, well, what's the point of me following a law? You know, if, if nobody else is going to get convicted for it, then crap, why don't I go out and rob from Walmart? 
you know, why don't I loot and say it's for this reason or that reason or, you know, and I don't, and again, I don't know how to fix it because, again, I don't think the media will ever allow it to be fixed because it'll take away from their power over people to do it. Um, so in, in, in Pennsylvania, because, you know, they've had the riots there for like the last night or so. Um, if you walk down the street without a mask on, they will fine you a couple of hundred dollars and throw you in jail. But if you get together with a bunch of people and rob a Walmart and set it on, you know, rob everything out of a Walmart and set it on fire, then, then, you know, pretty much nothing happens to you because, you know, but I'm asking, and again, it's like we don't have any common sense anymore. Like we've just mm-hmm. completely lost any kind of notion of, of common sense. Like it's, it's, we're living in a complete reality where, uh, all these kids have grown up uh, quite a few, like as far as the rioters go, uh, most of which uh, with no father figures and have never been told no, have never been disciplined in any, you know, in any manner. And, you know, it's just, it's insane to me. Well, yeah, I mean, we've reached a level now where I just don't, and like I said, I don't know how you're going to fix it. And I don't know. Look, man, either way the election goes is going to be bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> either way. I don't care what it, if Biden gets elected, these people are going to riot because they know they have, they can do it now and get away with it. You know, there won't be any repercussions. Oh, yeah. That's if why Trump, we're doing it now. Yeah. If Trump, if Trump wins, well, they're going to riot because Joe Biden didn't win. So, look, you, you're not going to – either way, you're screwed. Like, you, you, there, there's no there's no win to, to, to the situation. It's uh, – and a lot of it is – and I actually, I actually bring, you know, blame Donald Trump for some of this because I think some of it has gone on a little bit too long, and I think some things should have been handled on a federal level because these governors – Granted, they have power, but, you know, we have the FBI. We do have some jurisdiction over federal buildings and that kind of thing. And I don't know. They went into Portland because they were attacked. They were trying to burn down the federal courthouses. Yeah, I mean, and I think. And they they put them in there, but it's limited federal power unless he does what the entire democratic party has been, have been threatening that he was going to do so he could retain his power base, which is to declare martial law in the country. Well, the thing is, you know, as the president, you're supposed to protect all Americans. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that even means if a governor goes, Hey, you're not protecting my people. No, you know, his, he answers to everybody. You know, he doesn't just answer to the governor, you know, and, those people who had their businesses burned down, you know, Donald Trump was supposed to be the president that protect them, you know, protected their assets just as well as the governor. You know, the governor, the, to me personally, if you don't obey your oath, 
then you should be removed from office. Okay. And the governors took an oath to protect the people and to protect their assets. And when these governors pretty much said, you know, don't arrest these people, you know, let them back out, let them tell do whatever. The, tell the cops to stand down. Right. Tell the cops to stand down. Well, then these governors should have been removed from office because they should have been arrested. You just outright. disobeyed. You just disobeyed your oath. You no longer, you're no longer obeying what you were put into office to do, you know? Oh, yeah. Look at, look at Chicago. Late, Lightfoot should be in Gitmo. Just, just letting, you know, people I really work like each other all, like every weekend. It's like ridiculous. I feel bad for Chicago. I think, man, I don't know. Again, I, man, I don't know how you're going to fix all this stuff. Like, I don't think you can. Because again, I think too the media is not going to allow it. But I think, you know, you gotta, you gotta do your part, you know. And I think part of ours is, is trying to be positive and not be so mean to people and not, you know, hate people so much. Uh, and I know that's hard to do because, dude, I've had so many left-sided people hate me for no reason. Other than the fact I'm a Christian, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I mean, literally, that's all it is. It isn't a fact like I've, I've done anything to them or, or said anything to them. It's just they just they don't like what I believe in. So henceforth, they hate me, which to me, the funny thing is, is if if everybody felt that way, man, I mean, Lord, we'd hate everybody. Like there'd be nobody you like because not everybody, me and you are not going to agree on everything, dude. I mean, it's just not, it's not humanly possible for us to mm -hmm. be that way. We're not built that way. So this idea that you hate people just because they, they think differently than you, I don't know, man. I, you know, and again, it kind of goes back to the, I wish the comic book industry would take the high road, you know, and I'm talking both right and left sides here. Oh, yeah. like I said, the YouTube stuff, man, I mean, it's just visceral. You know, they just, you know, you want to, this person is this way, this person's that way. I hate this person and blah, blah, blah. This person said this, this person said that. Look, man, I'm going to cancel culture this person. I'm going to run them out of business. You don't bend the knee to me. I'm going to bend the knee, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, and then, of course, you got the the industry people like Gail Simone and all those people, Mark Wade. And, them. you know, I, I used to be a huge fan of Mark Wade. I, I, I based most of my writing style on his technique. You know, that, that when I first got into comics, he was like, my favorite writer ever. And I mean, he's cost me jobs now. So it's kind of like, and all of it because I'm a Christian and I have conservative ideas. Not that I'm Republican, just that I have, you know, Christian views on things. And uh, it's just sad, man. I mean, I don't understand why we just all can't, Create the books we want to create and let the, the customer decide. Know, decide. 
what what is what's viable and what's not viable and you know don't get in the path of other people help other people out man help all these any people out help look man even if you don't agree with somebody if they're doing a good product man and if it's going to be good for the industry and help them out you know put a link on you say man look this book looks good i don't agree with everything he says i don't put but man this stuff looks good you know i think the story's cool i think it could help you know the industry i think if we had more of that and less of bickering bickering and 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 just hate i'm telling dude it's just hate i don't know how else to say it but hate. yeah it is it's straight it's up hate. literal straight up hate for everybody and, and I don't know why it's like, we're all just trying to do the same thing. We're all just trying to create the stories we want to create. And, and I know a lot of people take it personal when somebody says, Hey, you know, you're telling this story, not because you want to tell the story, but because you have an agenda behind it. Yeah, that could be true. But you know, it also could be true that they really wanted to tell a story that hit on their agenda. You know I mean? Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that per se other than the fact that if i don't like it you shouldn't beat me up for not liking it you know you you should go okay all right so they're not being in the to the homosexual romance all right nothing wrong with that i can tell another story you know instead of well if you don't like this then you're a homophobe and and i gotta make sure you're run out of town tarred and feathered you know we just don't need that kind of stuff man we need we need more peace in the aisles and and, and i really think indie guys could do it because you know we're indie you know we don't really have we don't have allegiances to anybody other than you know our own fan bases uh yeah you don't have a corporate machine yeah or we're not over your over your heads or even like some of the smaller publishers because right. just about every every sizable publisher has all been picked up by one media company or another for the rights to for the for the first chance rights to push anything for animation tv film or streaming so and most indie guys really do love the industry. You know, they're doing it because they love comics. And I think until we get back to like loving comics and loving, you know, telling stories about people who are greater than what we are and um, can do things greater than what we can accomplish, then I guess, you know, it's, it, nothing's ever going to change. Like it's just going to get worse. And, you know, one thing that'll probably really happen will be the industry will end up dying as we know it now. You know, mm -hmm. like you just won't see comic book shops on every corner. You won't see, you know, cons. Um, and some of these people who are doing cons, they really need to stop being so political about who they let in and who they don't. And that, it's just, it's, man, look, again, it goes back to, I shouldn't have to support Biden just to be led into your convention. All right. Uh, and I shouldn't hate Trump just to be let into your convention because you're not, you're not 
helping the fans and you're not helping the, the comic book industry by doing stupid crap like that. You just, it's, it's not. Well, it's, it's not even just that it's, you know, none of these shows are, you know, comic cons anymore. They're all pop culture events. Well, they, yeah, it's turned into well, that too. Most of the them show worlds are the worst with that. Yeah, most of them show all the comic book guys, like in the second floor, back corner, squish them all together. And then the rest of like this huge venue is Hollywood. Yeah. I mean, comic book shows in, in general have turned into to multimedia media uh, shows. I mean, I, w- I was fine, you know, with the old creation conventions like like years ago. And you would have like, you know, one or one or two, you know, celebrities there. And, you know. Yeah, but you know the celebrities we got. And these were the cool celebrities. We got like the witch from Conan the Barbarian. You know, the one mm-hmm. that played the witch that, that had sex with him inside the 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 hut when he got free, you understand? Well, like these were really, yeah, they were in movies, but they were not like, they were not like big name people. They were, they were B actor list people who maybe had one role that was on for five minutes and had a little, uh, comic book following fan following or something like that. That only comic book people would know about, or somebody who was really into Conan would know about or uh, it was never hey let's get uh, I don't know Chris Evans Let, because, let's get the entire MCU there uh, they're, gonna, they're gonna want like just south of a thousand dollars to to sign their name on a on a pre-printed picture I mean our MCU was was Lou Ferrigno you know that was that was the the guest that we had, you know. It was mm-hmm. Lou. That was the that was the the big name, you know. Lou Frigno was a big name at shows way back in in the day. I mean that, but that's what it should be now. It shouldn't be if you're gonna do if you're gonna do comic book shows. I think you really need to get back. I'm like I'm with you. I think you need to get back to doing comic book shows. There's plenty of comic book artists out there all over America where you can do shows. I mean, there's, there's a ton of them. See, the problem is too, is a lot of these shows want to charge artists a buttload of money to come set up now, which is retarded to begin mm-hmm. with. You know, when, when I first did shows back in, I never paid for uh, the set up ever, ever, you know, that was just never a, and this was for places like, wizard world chicago and and most of wizard worlds i never paid for and i mean all that started changing i'd say like in around 2005 2006 it was like all these people started charging crazy amounts of money it's just like see we were i was at the very first megacon in florida and I remember setting up, and Greg Land was set up beside me and the other guys in the studio. And uh, of course, he wouldn't. He was a nobody at the time. Like, you know, 
And we all thought it was pretty funny because it was like, man, ain't nobody going to buy your stuff. You, you trace it off of freaking photos, man. I mean, we'd all sit there and make fun of it. And now look at us. We're the ones that are stupid. He, was, he made a ton of money and we're the dumb ones. Mm-hmm. But I just remember that because I thought that was a funny thing because now, you know, looking back at it, I can see how stupid we were and how he made a buttload of money off of doing what he did. But at MegaCon, we were big to come. Like, this was their first show, and this was even at a, a hotel. It wasn't at a convention center. It was like at a, I mean, I guess it was a convention center, but it was a hotel convention center. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, they're a little mm-hmm. different. So, um, and we went there for, man, I know three or four years straight, and we never paid a dime, and we were, you know, we were always one of the original people. And then I stopped going to shows and I, I, I started going back around 2005, 2006. And I contacted them and they were like, yeah, you know, you know, if you're going to come and set up, we'll need like $300 for a table. And blah. I was like, are you kidding me? I mean, I'm not saying I'm a big name or anything like that, but. I was there from your beginnings. You know, I was there when you were nobodies that couldn't find people to come to your show. And I helped you out. And this is how, this is how you treat us. Like, I, I don't know. It just kind of sit, kind of just sit, sit bad with me. Uh, yeah, they, they, raise, they raise their price more and more. And I mean, you know, and even like, even like eight years ago, when uh, Alternate Reality uh, first opened up the, the first Rhode Island Con, uh, you know, people, you know, and I was one of the people, I was I was waiting in line like six hours just just to wait in another line. So that's not, not right. You know, not, not even, you know, not even getting in. And, you know, you get up to the, you get up to the ticket window because some of us were stupid and didn't advance by tickets. Uh, and uh, not including the Ticketmaster fee on top of everything and the tax, it was like fifty bucks to walk in the door. I go, I gotta be nuts. Well, see, that's another thing too is the prices we got. Well, you know that goes back to what you were saying about the 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 movie people taking over. You know, they pay these guys so much money to come to these things that in turn they turn around and charge the artists who aren't making as much money you know they charge them to to set up uh and then they they up the price for fans to come in and then of course they charge the fan for a photo to get signed and everything it's like dude it's it's such a it's such a racket now yeah the 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 worst thing besides Hollywood taking over, I think the worst thing that happened to conventions was the uh, the photo op company where they, oh, where, they where they took to uh, yeah, you guys aren't allowed to take any pictures even though you want to snap all kinds of pictures with your with your cell phone. you can't do any of this. Uh, you have to pay us and every year the price went up and up and up. Uh, like 10 years ago, I went to, uh, 
convention here in Mass, uh, uh, just south of Boston, and uh, they had they had Hulk Hogan there. It was a hundred dollars to get your picture with them. It was a hundred dollars for an autograph. It was a hundred. It was a hundred dollars for everything. Um, and you know, they the put him. They, they put him in a private room, like in the middle of the place, with the doors closed. The line was oh, literally like a mile long. It wrapped around and went out into the hotel. And it was four lines deep. They had so many people. It's like the line was going around the building like three times. So they're like, okay, we're going to make four. We're going to make four lines. And it goes boom, boom, boom. So you, you, saw, you saw them for like all the like, each person saw him for all like maybe 60 seconds, if that, you know, if you, if you weren't getting a picture, he'd, he'd sign it, he'd sign an autograph for the, for the hundred bucks, hand you the autograph, shake your hand. Nice to meet you. Boom. Gone. See, I don't think autographs should cost you money. See, that's my, my, I, dude, the last year I went to Val Kilmer was one of the bigger, and I've actually never seen him at a show. So I was kind of like, man, you know, I, I actually would like to get his his autograph. And they had a bunch of tombstone posters people were selling that you can. I was like, man, how cool would that be to have a Val Kilmer signed tombstone poster hanging up in your studio? That would be <laughs> awesome. But dude, his signature alone was like 150 bucks. And you had to pay something something else too by the time it was all said and done it was going to be like 225 dollars and it was just like i don't I, maybe it's just me i'm not a big enough fan of people to think somebody's signature is worth 225 dollars but I don't no, know. No, it's not you. I, I call bullshit on it all the time. I, I, I just, I didn't see a point. I was like, but let me tell you, I mean, he had a line. Don't get me wrong. That dude was. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was. And I, I always thought, I was like, man, if he's making that much money per person, there is no telling how much money he made at the end of that show. Like, I mean, well, it was probably, he probably made more in those two days than most of us make all year long i mean it literally was that kind of that that kind of line and that kind of uh well, well look look at you know you know before he passed look at stan lee oh yeah stan you know, huge you know and to, towards the end you know it, it went from uh i remember one year it was like he was going to Boston, but not Rhode Island. And, you know, he was charging like, you know, 50 bucks, 50 bucks a SIG, 50, 50 bucks a pick. And then he shows up to Rhode Island and it's, it's between one and $200. If you want like a signature in a, in a picture, it was like, you know, 150 plus the fee you have to pay the photographer and plus the fee. Oh, maybe that's what it was. Maybe it was a photo fee with Val Kilmer. Like that was an extra. Yeah. 
maybe that's why I went to 225 or something like that. But it was real crazy. It was just like, look, man, it's, it's ridiculous. Like you know, 225 dollars. Those guys, they want like you know seven or eight hundred dollars. I mean, that's know. half a work's week. I mean, that's half a week's worth of work. You know, 225 dollars. Mm -hmm. Most people only make five, six hundred dollars a week. You know, you. That's a lot of money to be given away for for yeah. a photo and a, a signature. Like, I don't know. That's ridiculous. Man, buddy, I think I'm going to have to get ready and get yeah, off we, here. We, we, we've been chatting way too long. So, no, uh, quickly. Fun, brother. Oh, I yeah. hope you have me on again sometime. I mean, it was fun. Yeah, we'll do it again. Yeah. Uh, uh, Tell everybody what you got going on at, uh, at Alpha Dog Comics before we take off. And uh, Well, I can give you an exclusive if you want an exclusive. You want me I to tell always, you something exclusive? I always want an exclusive. Me and Chuck Dixon are working on a new book together. Uh, Sweet! Yeah. So nobody knows this. This is the first I've announced it to anybody. So uh, that's one of my big things going on, but um, I'm also working on a book with uh, a guy named David Furr and uh, Ben Dunn from Antarctic Press. Uh, that's supposed to be out. Lord knows, I want to say February, maybe March. Uh, I got a lot of stuff going on, and plus, I got I got our own books. Like the like I said, the Gungul book is still is going on. I don't know who's who's going to publish it, or if I'm just going to do. I hate doing Kickstarters because I just I'm I'm uh, doing the whole fulfillment thing. It just takes up so much time. I'd rather have a publisher that handles all that stuff. Uh, but we'll see. Um, but it's a lot. I mean, I got a lot going on. I can't complain. I'm staying busy. I don't know why. I mean, I, I, I'm blessed in that aspect that, you know, like I said, and, and Chuck, I've always dreamed of working with him. He's one of my favorite writers. Uh, so, yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. And it's called Sister Sister Supreme. It's kind of like, um, it's kind of like a mix of Dexter's Laboratory and Powerpuff Girls. Uh not i don't want everybody to think man that's how it's going to look but that's it's kind of that's kind of how the story is basically this this boy who wanted superpowers and he was like dexter from dexter's laboratory he created this machine to give him superpowers but his sister walked in and ended up getting the powers instead of him so now you know he's he's kind of he wants the powers and and it's kind of this whole sister brother now, uh, you know, economy type thing going on with each other and, and sibling rivalry, civil rivalries. And, and it's a real, I think, I don't think any book out there is like it right now. So, you know, um, yeah, so it should be fun. Uh, and the, the Ben Dunn book I'm working on is called Swampland. And it's, it's kind of a, a, it's a book set in the, the bayou of Louisiana, and it's got 
superheroes and magic and I mean it's kind of all over the place so if you like everything it'll be there's something in there for, for yeah, everyone something in there for everybody so um, it's not again it's not a book that's being done I, I try to do things that aren't all over the place or all over the place you know because I mean I don't really see a point in it or a value in doing another book, uh, another Spider-Man book. I mean, but, you know, so I'm having fun doing them. And, and uh, when they start to get released, man, you'll have to let me on here and I'll I'll get you some artwork and stuff for it. And Oh, yeah. Just, you know, um, hit me up anytime. You know, I'm always, you know, poking around my phone on my computer. And I appreciate you, man. I appreciate what you're doing for, for the industry and putting yourself out there and uh, getting all these people in here and getting them excited. I mean, we need more of it. We need more. We need more love, man. I know that sounds like a hippie thing. I ain't trying to be a hippie. It's just I just I'm so tired of seeing so much negative and hate from everybody. It's just too, it's too cranky, much hate. We, we need we need comic book love. Yeah, you do. You need some. You need. You need some good books that don't do anything but entertain and 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 has great artwork in it and has great writing in it and and things you want to bag and cherish and and not because of value but because you, you cherish like them. that much. You know, not mm -hmm. not because you think you're going to make five million dollars off of them in twenty forty years, but you know because they hold a, a special place in your heart. You know, and that's that's what we need to get back to, man. I mean, I, I I I hope we can get back there. I think people like you doing the things you're doing that helps. You know, I think again doing more shows that are that are not geared towards tearing people down and not geared towards you know bad mouthing people or starting drama or stuff. I think that's that's really what just trying to keep the 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 positive side of the comic book community going. No, nah, and that's a blessing, man. I appreciate yeah, you. Just so you know, to, I, mean, I appreciate you having me on here and I appreciate the time you spent with me. And I know it's not easy for you. I'm disabled too. I know I don't look it, but um, you know, my issues, I got them. So I, I feel your pain. I know what it's like to have to, to, to muscle through stuff and, and mm. you really have to love it to do it. And, you know, keep up the good work, man. And if you need something I can do, that you know, I you know all you have to do is ask. I'll do what I can do. And uh, again, have me on again, man. It was fun. Wasted three hours. My wife's already in bed. She done turned out the light. You see the light? <laughs> yeah, I, I saw her walk through like hours ago. Now, well, like, I, I want to give a I want to give a big shout out to our our sponsor for this video, Spinwiz Comics. Uh, Spinwiz Comics is a webcomic and indie comic discovery platform. That's what it's, I like. a, it's free to download on both iOS and Android. It has over 86 independent publishers on it right now with well over 400 titles, new titles added every week. Sometimes just a few, sometimes more than a few. <laughs> so there's, there's hundreds of comic books to read on there. And most of them are completely free to read. Man, how can you, you can download an app and you can read some great free web and indie comics. Not just that.
They have a loyalty reward program. Every page of comics you read while you're signed into the app, you get one entry into their giveaways. They do a giveaway uh, monthly, quarterly, and yearly. So go check them out. SpinWiz Comics at SpinWizComics.com. Download the app. Check it out for yourself. Write them a nice five-star review. We're trying to get up to over 100 downloads and five-star reviews this month. And this is what it would look like on your smart device. Yeah, that was nice, man. Send me the link to it, and I'll put them up on our Alpha Dog site. Oh yeah, definitely. I'll send you. I'll send you the link. You know, after after coffee tomorrow. Yeah, man. Yeah. So I want to thank I want to thank our guest Will tonight for for hanging out and just chatting away with us for hours. Yeah, uh, bro. We had, a, we, had, nice. we had a blast talking. You know, comic books here, there, and everywhere. And uh, I'll be back uh, tomorrow night with an episode of. Okay, Boomer, we're going to dive into Superman 199, the first Flash versus Superman race. And then Friday, I'll be back with more guests on another episode. And until then, uh, I'm Will. You can find me at JokerFan on Twitter or JokerFan1969 on Instagram. And uh, Will Callaghan, you got to go find him. (laughs) I'm all over the place, brother. You look up my name, you'll find me anywhere. I'm everywhere. He, he's everywhere, but the link is right here. You can fo- you can follow him at Alpha Dog Comics, and you can jump over to Amazon, and you can get Volume One of the Gun Ghoul right there. So all the links are right there. Follow him. Check out Alpha Dog Comics. Until next time. <laughs>